instinct. Feeling. The force brought us together. We're not alone. Good people will fight if we lead them. People keep telling me they know me. No one does. But I do. Long have I waited. And now... What are you doing there, 3PO? Taking one last look, sir. At my friends. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Slash Filmcast. I'm David Chen, and joining me are... Spindra Hardwar. Jeff Kanata. And joining us, as he has in the past, for many of our big Star Wars-related reviews, he is the editor-in-chief of SlashFilm.com, the host of Slash Film Daily as well as the creator of Ordinary Adventures, the YouTube channel, Peter Serretta. Welcome back to the Slash Filmcast. Peter, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. You know, when you're talking about Star Wars or movie wagers in the summer, I am here for it. <laughs> hey, Peter, have you ever gone with the uh, Peter Sergedi? Wow. That's a name thing. No, awful. we're really, we're so, off to a rough start no? today. I'm sorry, wondering. folks. I'm just Jeff, saying you're basically a Jedi now, Peter. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Jeff. Oh, that was so, so terrible. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll take that bad dad joke as a compliment. Yeah, man. I'm just saying he's a Jedi. Okay. That's all I'm saying. So, uh, we are here today, uh, to discuss Star Wars, the rise of Skywalker. And I just want to say, before we get into this, uh, first of all, you can find more episodes of the show at SlashFilmCast.com. Email us at SlashFilmCast at gmail.com. I'm sure you will have very strong opinions about our opinions about Rise of Skywalker. We look forward to you emailing them to us or tweeting at us about them. Uh, and uh, we should also point out that before we get into this, we're going to have like a quick uh, non-spoiler section where we offer some general thoughts about the film. However... Uh, if you want to avoid any plot whatsoever, uh, you should probably just wait until you've seen the film because uh, you know I don't want you to be upset that we gave away something extremely vague. Uh, you know that was given away in the trailer. You know, just like if you don't want to take any risks, just wait until you've seen the actual film itself. Yeah, we're it's it's very difficult to talk about this movie at all without yeah. Yeah. some sense of it being. Revealed, so like, take a little responsibility on you. Yep. If you really want to go in unsullied, and I totally respect that, you got to do the work. I will, I will also say, very, very wise to just be off of social media. I see yes. there's this image floating around that is just the like all the main point revelations about the movie just being floating around Twitter right now. If you click the hashtag of Rise of the Skywalker, so it, it, just stay away. It's bad. It's all bad. And not only that, there's there's stills from the movie that were online before the world premiere. I don't even understand how that's possible. Oh man. Theater tests. I don't know. Yeah. So on that note, Jeff Kanata, you and I have uh, spent the last, 
I want to say 15 years of our lives avoiding trailers for The Rise of Skywalker, I think, right? Yeah. No, uh, no, no joke. No exaggeration there. No gifts. We've tried to avoid gifts, images, everything. And yeah. That first trailer starts with a key moment from the movie, which is insane. Yeah. yeah. So l- l- I guess let me ask you, Jeff, uh, have you watched the trailer since you've seen the film? No, I saw the film this morning and have been nonstop doing other job life things up until this moment we are speaking now. So I have not had a chance to look at any of the trailers. Yeah, so actually let's let's put that out there as well that we are recording this review as we did with The Last Jedi review before the movie has come out. So we have no, like, A, our reactions are extremely raw. Like, it's possible we will reconsider them and uh, we might feel differently in two to three weeks or six months from now. Um, And also, we are completely unaware of what the critical reception to this movie is going to be. So just like... Which I think is great. It's a great place to be. It's so pure. It's so pure. Yeah. But I will just say this, that uh, having now seen the trailers as well as the D23 footage... I am actually oh. very glad that oh, I Oh, Dave, not, yep. this is my favorite part of the podcast where you pat yourself on the back for deciding <laughs> not to watch trailers. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I'm glad. You, you, well, you're here for it, Peter. You're here for it. So <laughs> it's good. Um, but yes, I, I'm actually just want to say uh, I'm really glad uh, we did this together, Jeff. We, uh, we avoided it. Yeah, we did it, it man. We, we can close this chapter on our lives now, Dave, I guess. <laughs> we really did it. All right. So. Congrats. <laughs> Peter, it's, you're just you're soaked with sarcasm. There's sarcasm dripping all over the ground, Peter. You got to pick up after yourself. Well, um, I, I, I would venture to say, and I want no spoilers <laughs> here, Dave, but I'd venture to say that, like, if you spent the last six months knowing that a certain someone was going to be in this movie and it was teased in the first trailer, yeah, I, yeah. I think you'd be probably more accepting of it than going in oh, and seeing that opening oh, crawl. Yeah, you're right. The marketing so. didn't soften me up enough. Um, but, uh, okay, let's, let's talk a little bit about the movie. We're going to try to be extremely non-spoilery just for a few minutes before we get into it. Now, it's, it's been a really intense, the press around this film. Like, uh, I don't know if all of you, I think all of you have probably heard about the New York Times story about J.J. Abrams and Rise of the Skywalker. Um, a lot of quotes in that, uh... Uh, story that actually it, it literally made Ryan Johnson trend on Twitter the day that uh, Jeff, you and I interviewed him. Uh, yeah. Ryan Johnson was trending on Twitter. I and, thought I thought yeah. we did it, but you know, no. I mean, it's 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 a shame that the the internet did not pick up on uh, the extremely positive Ryan Johnson interaction we had. Uh, but s- some of the things that uh, were said by J.J. Abrams in the this interview, he says, um, it's a he says of the Last Jedi, it's a bit of a meta approach to the story i don't think people go go to star wars to be told this doesn't matter uh although he did praise the jedi last jedi for being full of surprises and subversion and all sorts of bold choices we'll be talking about that in uh, a little bit of (laughs) course but uh in this interview jj abrams also says that he knows what audiences think of him quote I've never been great at endings. I don't actually think I'm good at anything, but I know how to begin a story. Ending a story is tough, end quote. He's right. He is right about that. This movie has so many things it needs to do. It needs to tie up this nine movie arc of the Skywalker saga. It needs to be a satisfying conclusion to this specific trilogy as well. And it needs to bring to a close... Uh, these stories of these characters that have become pretty beloved over the course of the last few years. My question for you, Peter Serretta, is 
Did J.J. Abrams do a good job of ending this story, in your opinion? I, I will say this, Dave, uh, that I think J.J. Abrams, I think even if you loved Last Jedi, I think you can admit that J.J. Abrams, uh, he was getting into a poker game and he picked up his hand and the <laughs> hand was a bad hand, okay? <laughs> and, and by that, I mean, you know, uh, Carrie Fisher's dead. And she was supposed to play a big part in this third installment or ninth installment. And, uh, you know, that is, you know, you've killed off characters in the previous films that you can't (laughs) bring back. And then um, Ryan Johnson tried to subvert things in ways that you can either agree or not agree. But I think it makes things hard to close out a nine episode arc and also a three episode arc. Yeah, I think it well, makes well, it very the, tough. The big decision that Ryan Johnson made that would theoretically hamstring a third entry is there so was two. no villain at the end of The Last Jedi, right? Like, yeah. other than like Hux, right? And Kylo Ren, uh, there was no Kylo like. Ren's still big, a pretty big villain. Yeah, he's yeah, still a pretty big say, villain, Kylo but there was Ren's no like. Come on. There was not yeah, but, a. Well, Hux it, was turned into a buffoon, so you basically just had Kylo you Ren. You just basically had Kylo yeah. Ren, which is like, are you. And, and there's this whole like redemption arc going on with him in The Last Jedi and whether or not he's going to be redeemed. And so, yeah, cer- certainly. Um, that, and that and would then be on top of that, this is the Skywalker saga. So, like, this last film has to tie up the Skywalker story and Luke Skywalker's dead. You know, uh, Carrie Fisher's dead. Uh, the only Skywalker alive when this movie begins. I mean, I guess Leia's alive, but, uh, you know, Kylo Ren is there. So like, I don't know. I, I don't want to get into spoilers with that, but I feel like also, you're, you're, also you're, like adding to all this, by the way, like is the fact that JJ came to this movie late because they were developing it with Colin Trevorrow and like they, we still don't know the full story there, but it does yeah. sound like I, I read some of your reporting, Peter. Like it does sound like they scrapped it after some ideas just didn't work after Carrie Fisher passed away. Like there were there was a trajectory they were going down, and then he had to like basically help save this movie and meet the uh, release date. So it's uh yeah, yeah. it's, it's we, hard. It's, it's hard a challenging hand. That. It's a challenging we hand. We talked it's about like, that a lot when we were talking about the Last Jedi and and Carrie Fisher's you know sad death. Mm-hmm. It. It it feels like the way this trilogy should have gone is Kylo dealing with his mother, right? We have that, that moment in, in The Last Jedi where he almost kills her, but she doesn't die. And he there's there's it is clearly a setup for another confrontation with his mother in the way that Luke had to confront his father. And it is it, just, you know. Yeah, horrible, sad events of the world caused that to be a problem. But that does seem like, you know, when you when you say he was given a bad poker hand, I, you're right that that some of that is uh, is what Ryan Johnson did with the movie. But yeah, a lot of that, as you brightly pointed out, is that yep. Carrie Fisher, yep. which is really a, a centerpiece around which all of this seemed to be hinging, wasn't available. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Colin Trevorrow's pitch, I, from what I've heard, heavily involves Carrie Fisher's character, and you know when that happened, things weren't didn't shake up. But I, I will say that him and Derek Connolly the uh, did get story by credit. Yeah, alongside I did see that. Yeah. 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 So, so so he drew. So J.J. Abrams drew what in Texas Hold'em is called two seven offsuit. 
yeah. which is one of the worst, actually, the single worst hand you can draw. <laughs> let's say, right? And, and we, we've mentioned, and we haven't mentioned he, one thing here too. He also all, saw his cards before he decided to enter the game. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> that is true, Jeff. That is true. Yeah. And he also knew that he sucked at this game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but, and there's another thing, Ryan Johnson also made the decision to, you know, this, this question that I think JJ opened up the force awakens with, uh, who is Ray, you know, uh, like, you know, where does she come from? Is she related to anybody? Like, you know, that whole thing was a question that is central plot. And in last Jedi, he seemingly, like put a rest to that. Yeah, not to mention so, the Snoke, the Snoke matter as well. Like, yeah, a lot of questions. People spent year, literally years, uh, <laughs> trying to figure out who Snoke was and what his significance was. Uh, and by and, people, you mean Peter Serretta? So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Only for yeah. him to be unceremoniously, or actually ceremoniously, killed in uh, the Last Jedi. So okay, so we get it. We get it, yeah, Peter. Yeah. So, so, it, so it I'm, I'm just saying, like, yeah. it makes it hard to complete an arc of this trilogy. Never mind the nine episode film. So yeah, yeah. that that said, I think JJ Abrams came into this thing and, you know, he learned something from Star Trek. He learned something from James T. Kirk and he was able to rewrite the rules of the game. <laughs> this is like a Kobayashi to, Maru, right? And he yes. changed the rules to this no win situation. Yes. I, 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 and I think he, I think he wins. I think he mostly wins here. I think this, this is a cohesive three episode arc. It, it is a little messy. Um, I don't think there's any way of getting out of it without it being a little messy. Uh, I, I think this is a, 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 a great emotional finale for this nine episode saga. Uh, is it convoluted? Yes. Uh, do, did I feel emotionally wrecked? I've seen this movie twice now, actually. Two times in 12 hours. Holy crap. And, That's impressive. Yeah, I, saw, I saw it at the premiere, and then I woke up this morning to see it again. Uh, and yeah, both times yeah. I was emotionally wrecked. I think that maybe uh, the old uh, Peter Sir Jedi is a little more appropriate now, isn't it, fellas? <sighs> Please stop saying that, Jeff. Anyway. <laughs> okay, so, Peter, you think he stuck the landing, yes? I do, and I'll say another thing, because um, I'm trying to figure out a way of talking about this film without spoiling anything. But I will say... Uh, when we recorded our review of the last Jedi, I, th I think I, I, I really loved the film, but I had problems and I, I expressed those problems on this podcast. Um, and like you said, we recorded that the night or the day after we saw it or something like that. Yeah. Um, I, I think I had a little bit of buyer's remorse, but I think as I've seen it more and more times, I've had some problems with the, the choices he's made. And, um, and I think this movie mostly fixes a lot of my problems mm. with, with where with avenues he went down. And I, I think also that, uh, I know John, John Boyega talked a little bit about this in press that like that movie split the trio of characters up. And, yeah. and I think which has never Abrams, happened before no, in a no, Star Wars it, movie. It, it never happened. happened. <laughs> I, I, th I think he's, yeah, I, th I think Boyega like didn't know what he was talking about, but <laughs> I, I will say that the magic of the force awakens, was the interaction between those characters. And also like, you, you will say, like, I, I agree that J.J. Abrams is good at emulating. He's good at, like, you know, copying and, like, making something look like a Spielberg film or a Star Wars film, whatever. But the other th great thing, two great things he's good at is making something look cool and also the character interactions. And I was missing those character interactions from Last Jedi. And in this movie, there's just so much there's so much magic between those three characters when they're together. And they're together in a lot of this movie, and I, I really just had a blast, like 
hanging out with them for two hours. All right. Devinder Hardwar, quick thoughts on the film before we get to spoilers? Sure. Let me uh, let me phrase it this way. This week, I saw the ending of a revival of a decades-old franchise. It delivered some rich characters. It was thematically resonant with the world today, and it took some daring risks that I truly appreciated. But we're not talking about Watchmen right now. We are oh, talking about hey, Rise oh, of the Skywalker. Boom goes is, to Dynamite. Which is By the way, literally you, you, the exact you could, opposite. You could have said it was from one of the creators of Lost as well. Oh, it's true. It's true. snap. Oh, yeah. you missed, missed it was right there. Missed, it was right it's there. It's fine. I'm moving quickly. But I do think <laughs> Rise of the Skywalker is the exact opposite of that in practically every way. I don't think it's a bad movie, but it's it's an unimaginative movie. It's an unchallenging movie. It's a movie that is basically serving up to Star Wars fans a uh, buffet of everything they want. And that's fine. Sometimes you want that. Sometimes you want the buffet. Sometimes you want to be kind of a uh, kind of a slob and you just want to like overstuff yourself on stuff you love, which is great. Then you get heartburn. Then you get like the the regret. You know, you you, you get like you feel bad about it. Um, this movie made me realize just how special The Last Jedi was and how daring it was and how much it tried to push the idea of a Star Wars movie and what you could do with this franchise and this uh, the whole Star Wars narrative. Like, it really tried some new things. And I appreciated that. Of course, it was divisive. And honestly, I remember when we reviewed it, I wasn't even... I really liked The Last Jedi, but I came out much warmer of The Force Awakens, like when I had first seen that. And over time, like, I've just grown to really appreciate what Ryan Johnson did. This movie is kind of a mess. It kind of exists only on its spectacle, um, which is something J.J. Abrams does really well. You know, I'm a J.J. Abrams fan. Like, I was there. I was there for Felicity. I was there for Alias. Like, I want to see this guy succeed. But I also have, yeah been keenly tuned to his uh, weaknesses it's not just ending it is sort of like when he doesn't have a good script when he doesn't have enough time to prepare i'm reminded of uh, star trek into darkness uh kind of thinking of super eight a little there too because i didn't really dig that um he tends to lean on tropes and things we've seen before and in so many ways uh, i feel like this movie there are a lot of flashbacks to return of the jedi but it also feels like there's so many callbacks to other things there. There's a point like going between several scenes where you're just pointing at people and objects and things you've seen in the past. And you say like, Oh, I know that I remember you. Um, this movie doesn't give the characters much room to breathe. There's, it reminds me of Avengers infinity war in that way. Like it just, it's relentless. It never stops. And that could be good and interesting. But I think the first, the, the first hour of this movie is just straight up. Not great. Like it's it's bad and confusing and messy and there's so many weird plot devices. Um, it kind of settles into an interesting, you know, beat, and we'll get into that in spoilers. But I just I there's so much. It could have been so much more. Uh yeah, I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. All right, Jeff Kanata, your thoughts on Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker? Well, Dave, <laughs> there's no way my thoughts can be summed up in the form of a limerick. Uh it's gonna take an hour of spoiler talk for that. Oh, but, okay. But I'm gonna I'm gonna try anyway. Whoa! All right. <laughs> the nine films are finally through, but this one had so much to do. It's plotty and fast, and sadly takes last Jedi and presses undo. Mm, Ooh, nicely nice. done. Nicely done. Very nice. Yeah. Thank you. Um. So. It. I as I approached this moment of talking about the movie and 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 we will obviously talk more in spoilers 
I, I, the challenge that I'm trying to have to myself is to not talk about this movie in comparison to The Last Jedi. It's very difficult to take this movie on its own terms and not compare it to The Last Jedi. But m- the biggest reason that that's true is because I feel like this movie is a conversation with The Last Jedi. It's like two filmmakers right, arguing. Right. Yeah. In the, in the f- but wouldn't you say that The Last Jedi is a conversation with Force Awakens? I think it's a conversation with Star Wars in general more than The Force Awakens. But I'm but, saying, like, I, I feel like I feel like there's a reaction to this movie. I'll let you talk in a second. I'm sorry. Uh, I feel like there's a reaction to this movie because uh, it maybe changes up some plans. But I feel like the fandom menace and the people that didn't like uh, Last Jedi had a problem with Last Jedi because it kind of did the same thing that this movie does to Last Jedi. Right. And that's why I feel like these three films taken as a whole feel like an argument between two filmmakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> when I was a kid... There was a thing, I don't know if the guys if this was a thing for you guys or if it was my particular locality of California growing up. There's a thing where you feel like you punched a, a schoolmate in the arm and you said Star Wars and then they got to punch you in the arm and go Empire Strikes Back and then you punch them back and you go Return of the Jedi. I don't know what? why that was a thing. I don't know why what, that was a thing. What are you talking about, Jeff? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why that was a thing, but it was it was like this thing you did on the schoolyard. It's like somebody hit you and said Star Wars and tried to run away, and then you could hit them back and say Empire Strikes Back, and they could hit you back and say. In my day, we had conversations without hitting each other. Man, well, I was in my day, we five. punched each other. Uh, we punched each other when we saw <laughs> VW Bugs, not yeah, uh, yeah, you know, not Star Wars movies names. The reason I bring that up is because uh, that feels what what these two filmmakers are doing to each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so it's difficult to talk about this movie in the abstract without referencing uh, the last Jedi, I will say that I think this movie is very fun. I had fun and yeah. I, I found myself leaving it going, is it possible to be really satisfied by a movie and also find it very disappointing? Um, because that's the feeling that I had that this movie mm-hmm. is satisfying on a, on a, on one level and extremely disappointing on another. It feels like an apology to people that didn't like uh, The Last Jedi. It feels like it panders. There are specific things in this movie that made me cry that I hated. Like, they, it made me cry because it <laughs> played on my nostalgia on a, in, a very, um, in a very childlike, pure, you know, um, specific way. But I also was like, I hate you for doing this because you didn't earn it. You didn't earn it. It, it. Also fe- it feels like it doesn't respect the audience at times by doing some of those things. It, but it's like it, it's effective and it's 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 fun. But also like you didn't earn, you didn't you didn't get yeah. there organically yeah. and it doesn't really feel authentic. Anyway, we have to talk about all that stuff in spoilers. I I think the as you guys have said already, I think the first 40 minutes of this movie I feel like whiplash. It's insane the amount that has to happen, and the pace of the first forty minutes is bonkers. It it there's more done plot wise in the opening <laughs> crawl of this movie than in it's most true. full Star Wars movies. It is like what? Whoa? Where? Who? Um, and it is a complete failure, in my opinion, of the powers that be at Disney to have any sort of plan of what this trilogy was be would be. I mean, Dave, in your setup of our review here, you said that this movie has to do X, Y, and Z. It has to, you know, complete a trilogy and then it has to complete a trilogy of trilogies. 
if that's what it had to do, there should have been a plan of these three movies to to do that from the word go. From when JJ uh, uh, sat down to make the Force Awakens, there should have been a a a plan. And from all accounts, there wasn't, and that feels like a, a letdown. And JJ really decided to try to stick that landing, and in a lot of ways, he did. In a lot of ways, he made a very entertaining, very satisfying Star Wars movie. Yeah, and I feel like of, this will be a crowd pleaser in the way Last Jedi wasn't. Exactly. Know? And all the people that hated Last Jedi are going to love this movie. But I also feel by, by like... By the way, can we, like, when we talk about people that hate Last Jedi, can we justify that, like, we're not talking about the racist, sexist people? That's <laughs> uh, assumed. People, that's assumed. people that, that is, dislike oh, oh, Last Jedi I, I, for I, I, legitimate I reasons. I that, like, we don't even acknowledge them. We're talking about people that <laughs> yeah. actually have, yes. like, real opinions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sure. yeah. Human beings that, yeah, human beings that dislike that movie. <laughs> um, I think that they will really like this because it, it feels more like what Star Wars has been. And it, it, it revels in the things we all loved about Star Wars in the early 80s. Mm-hmm. But it abandons what I think was the potential that Ryan felt like he was bringing to the table, or at least I felt like he was bringing to the table when I saw Last Jedi, which was, oh my gosh, it can be so much more than just For sure. a nostalgia yeah. trip. There's so uh, much of the campiness of Return of the Jedi in this movie. Yeah, uh, But I mean, I I think the comedy lands in a really solid way in this movie. There's some really fun, funny stuff. Uh, I, I think the movie doesn't take enough of a break to allow the characters to really connect on any any real level it has so much it wants to do i mean it is it feels like several movies crammed into one this feels like an entire mm-hmm. trilogy in and of itself and that's because it's doing all the heavy lifting and there's so much heavy lifting just in the opening crawl like it's crazy how much heavy lifting that it's like we need you to know a lot of stuff right now <laughs> and we're gonna have to give you a lot of information and you're just gonna have to accept that i will but, say it's probably one of my favorite opening crawls of just how the, like dude, you, the you're first, doing that the first yeah. two words of the opening crawl are the best of any opening crawl. Yeah. The first two words are so great. But it's also it just feels like whiplash to me. It's like, oh, we're starting we hopped in a car that's going 180 miles an hour, which sounds like something really cool and fun, but doesn't effectively work out that way at least for me. It just felt like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is craziness. Now, I think there are uh, some action sequences that are really fun. I think there. I think there's a lot of stuff that happens that is unearned. That just it, we, we're just told, and it does. It's it's going to be interesting to see a lot of the things that people criticize Ryan Johnson for doing with regard to the Force and and Jedi powers and stuff. This movie does as well, but I don't think it will get dinged for it in the same way. Um, I mean, there's so much. I think the score is great. It's amazing that John Williams can still deliver a great score. It does some interesting things with the st- score that are cool. Ultimately, I just feel – it's funny. Here we are the night that I watched it, and I walked out of the movie going, that was good. That was really good. Why do I feel so disappointed? Yep. And as I have gone through the rest of the day just reliving it in my head, I think I'm liking it less. I, it remains to be seen. I want to see it again, and I want to keep yeah. thinking about it. It would be interesting to see if I rubber band the other direction on my feelings, but I, I – and and I will say this, of the new trilogy, I think I firmly believe that The Force Awakens is the weakest of the three. But 
So I think this is number two for me. I think it goes Last Jedi. This really and Force Awakens. Really? Yeah, because this, I, this I, to I, me I by far feels like. Order. Yeah, yeah. Well, be that as may. I mean, the thing that I that bums me out about Force Awakens is how slavish it is to A New Hope and how it is just analogs for all sure, the sure. same stuff. And I find that so exhausting I, and disappointing. I have a question for you, Jeff. Yeah. Because I have noticed online that the early reactions from press, um, you know, the Twitter reactions, because that's the only thing we've seen so far. Uh, the more negative ones are coming from the people that have slavishly um, been defending Glass Jedi for the last two years. Do you think at all that there's something to the fact that, like, people that have been defending Glass Jedi for, in you know, dealing with all this crap online, the the fandom oh. menace and whatever. Do you, do you think like that they've taken ownership and they kind of are disappointed in the same way that the people were disappointed with last Jedi for kind of abandoning what they loved about force awakens? Yes. But I, I, I but I, I don't think that is, I think you framed it in a way of like, it is a manufactured thing in the heads right, of right, these right. people. Oh, no, 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 and no, and no. I think that, I mean, and as we will get to in spoilers for sure, this movie specifically i mean there are several moments where it gives the middle finger to the last jedi i mean it is unabashedly dissing that movie and this this movie is a direct response to that so it's it feels like it's it is saying no to that and yes to what the you know what 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 had been done in The Force Awakens. And so, of course, I think, as someone, for me, who walked out of The Last Jedi and said, I think this might be my favorite Star Wars, um, because of how daring and bold and different and cool it was, in my opinion, and how it just tore apart the the uh, accepted norms of, of that universe and in, in a really interesting way, in my opinion, um, it's it's a bummer to me that this is gi a giant band-aid to that and being like, no, 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 don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Everything that you hold precious is still precious to us. Uh, and and so it you can't – like I said, when I first started talking, it's very difficult to even talk about this movie and not have it be a referendum on Last Jedi. And I feel like, yeah. yes, the mm -hmm. people that are going to love this movie are, are the people that hated Last Jedi and vice versa. I feel like – you yeah. can pretty much guarantee. You can pretty much gauge what you think about this movie based on how you felt about Last Jedi. Fine, you, fine with you making that prediction, Jeff. Although I do <laughs> want to say that I just remember. I just feel like when we reviewed Last Jedi, which was like before the reviews came out, we were convinced people were going to love this movie. You know, or like, I was. Yeah, dude. So, so I'm just, I'm just saying. I was like, yeah, I'm just saying our yeah. ability to oh, predict people's people reactions is extremely yeah, limited. Yeah. So, like, Fair people enough. may not, people may look people, at it and be yeah. like, you know, 100% of them may, oh. may feel very betrayed as well. Who knows? We don't, we I just can't wrong. predict. I, yeah, I can't can, predict, but it does, it certainly, I mean, I, I certainly, I'm more confident in, yeah. <laughs> in that. It's a very strong, right. educated guess. You know, I, yes, I, I will yes. grant you that. I think you're probably right, but we have historically been terrible at predicting things. So. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Also, I'm I'm mostly dumb, as we established last episode, <laughs> and uh, often say stupid things. So yeah, yeah, there's yeah, that. There, there you go. Um, okay. Well, can Jeff, I point out one obvious thing? Yep. Go ahead. Um, because I I see some people saying online that like J.J. Abrams is reacting to the the fan response of Last Jedi, and I think it's obvious to point out that J.J. Abrams made that first movie that Ryan kind of like was like, no, we're not going in the direction that you set up for the first movie and that J.J. Abrams would be upset by right? <laughs> that decision to not, you know, go in the direction that he had 
you know, laid the path for. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think he's reacting because of the fan response. I think he's reacting because this is the direction he wanted to go. It, it in. never, that, it that, never even occurred to me that it'd be a fan response thing, you know? Okay. Uh, because I've heard some people say that and I'm like, yeah, I don't think it's a fan no. response thing either, but I think it's, I, I think that the fact that you can say that and it, it is probably true is crazy that <laughs> Disney would allow the crown jewel of cinema history in terms of money to be played with like that. Like the fact that they would even, there would be any room for the possibility that it would be this like call and response between two filmmakers. That's nuts. Dude, yeah. that's nuts. But let's, let's uh, cherish the fact that we got the opportunity to, to yeah. witness it. We really got to move into spoilers. We were going to be like 10 to 15 minutes. We're already like at half an hour. So we got to move into spoilers. Um, I will say another quote from this article though is, uh, Abram says the last Jedi laid the groundwork for the rise of Skywalker. And he says, quote, quote, a story that I think needed a pendulum swing in one direction in order to swing to the other, end quote. So I think that's a pretty interesting and telling mm -hmm. quote. Uh, I'll say one thing, and then let's 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 get to spoilers, Jeff. But have you ever heard the phrase um, "she's just not that into you" or "he's just not that into you"? Um, yeah, I, I think the, never the in my life. The meaning of that <laughs> the meaning of that phrase, right? Is like Occam's razor. It's like. Hey, maybe uh, you're trying to like look for all these signs of like, oh, like is he trying to like neg me or something like that? Maybe he's just really not that into you. Um, that's kind of my reaction when you say like you left the movie not feeling triumphant, but feeling kind of sad and angry. Uh, maybe the movie is just bad. I submit to you that maybe it's just a bad film. And I don't think it's bad. I do not think it's bad. <laughs> well, fair enough. Uh, that that is something I think you should entertain. But speaking of picking up after other things and creatures, uh, Devinder, you want to tell us about our sponsor for today? Sure. Well, right now uh, I'm using Pretty Litter, Kitty Litter. It's a very smart Kitty Litter. Uh, it's a really nice thing to have in New York right now because right now it is freezing and also raining. It is kind of miserable, and that seems impossible. Pretty Litter is basically Kitty Litter 2.0. Um, it has super light crystals that traps odors and releases moisture. You don't have to change it very often. Just scoop out the poop. And the best thing about it is that uh, it's delivered right to my house. So I don't have to go step out into miserable cold New York. It gets delivered. It's really easy. There's not much dust. So it doesn't really mess up my house when I have to change things. Um, you know, it's shipped in a small lightweight bag that I think is really nice, too, because uh I've tried all sorts of cat litters. They're all really annoying to deal with. They can be very heavy, very bulky, not so with pretty litter, kitty litter. And uh, the other interesting thing, too, is that it's a bit of a health indicator. So when my cat uh, pees, it changes colors. And uh, I could tell if something is wrong with my cats uh, because it'll change to specific colors. So if there's like a urinary infection or something like that, uh, you can tell pretty quickly. And that's not something you could do with any sort of litter. So I find that pretty fascinating. Um, and I'm really digging this. Like, it is very nice to have some smart litter in the winter when I'm trapped with my cats and cannot leave the house. So you can't change the weather, but you can change your kitty litter. Make the switch like I did today. Go to prettylitter.com and use promo code FILMCAST for 20% off your first order. That's prettylitter.com, promo code FILMCAST. Let's get to spoilers for Star Wars Rise of Skywalker starting right now. Now you're looking for the secret. You're going to see this coming. 
No. But you won't find it because, of course... They're not going to see this coming. You're not really looking. I have been puzzling over how it works. You don't really want to work it out. Who's in the box? I have been dying to tell you. I want to tell you my secret now. You want to be fooled. Yeah. How, how, how did how you guys start? How do we even start? Did you <laughs> well you, like for me, like there there was a moment in this movie when I rolled my eyes, you know, and <laughs> I, I survived the first hour, but I feel like the first the big big one was the Ray reveal. And I feel like that's a that's a thing we gotta start well, with. Well, okay, hold, hold on, wait, hold on. Can Before, we start with Palpatine? Yeah, yeah, let's 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 go way back. Let's go way, first of all, let me just say we've been pretty down on this movie's uh, dialogue with The Last Jedi and some of the ways it kind of undoes what The Last Jedi does. I'll just say that there are some ways in which this movie expands and extends on the ideas of The Last Jedi, mostly when it comes to plot mechanics. So, for instance, uh, in The Last Jedi, we got to see, like, force FaceTiming or, like, force timing between force the characters. Force timing. Right? Yeah, um, now you can, like, uh, transfer items, too. That's right, cool. Right, you can transfer yeah. items now, right? So they, they bring that back, and that was actually, like, a pretty effective, uh, like, storytelling device, I thought, in, in The Last Jedi. And now they that bring it, yeah. Yeah, that moment where the 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 lightsabers are are passed off is is pretty great. Oh, so cool, yeah. so cool. And, that and, fight scene, that and whole fight the, scene, like all that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The the fight scene on the water, I thought was like really good. Like there's there's one good saber fight in this movie. It's like yes, uh, on the yeah. water, and it was pretty spectacular. Like, um, you didn't like, you didn't like the force saber fight over like the force connection. I thought that was very clever. That was pretty wild. Yeah, pretty inventive. Like I I like that water fight. By the way, J.J. Abrams no spectacle. This is the way the guy thinks, it, it, like from Alias and everything, you know, Star Trek, uh, so many things. He is a man who knows his set pieces, and I feel like he communicates his narrative through set pieces, and that's a big difference between Ryan Johnson, whereas that first, you know, last night I spent so much time with dialogue and talking to characters and really setting things up. Uh, this one, it feels like you're going set piece to set piece. I, there are some expanded force powers here that are really cool, and they used a lot of that really well in that water fight, but... I was also a little disappointed. It was like, um, they're going almost wusha here. They're going almost like, you know, characters are just floating up in the air. It is 2019. I have waited decades for a midair lightsaber battle. We were so close, so <laughs> close, and we didn't get it. So I'm a little disappointed there. Uh, so uh, I don't necessarily disagree. I do. I, we do see a lot of like intense force power usages uh, in cool. this yeah. movie, like uh, force healing. We see that, like, pretty sure that's been in uh, previous Star Wars property. I think it's the first time we see it in a Star Wars film, though. Yeah, um, yeah so. it, it seems like there's a lot of people that could have been healed before now, but we, we're going to use it on a worm first, <laughs> first, first, first time. Yeah, worm. First, first time. I, I will say my only my only objection about that introducing this is I feel like Ray should have like fainted or something when that happened. Like you mm. you got to show that there's a cost to it, which is shown later on in the movie. Yeah, which yeah, we'll get yeah, to. yeah, totally. But, but totally. I feel. Uh, and while I'm complimenting the film, um, I'll also say that this movie introduces the idea of light speed skipping, which I don't so think I've cool. ever seen in on screen. I was disappointed we didn't go back to that idea. It's, it's a it's, setup for something that doesn't pay off. Yeah, it's, it's such a cool thing to see. And it's like, well, first of all, I don't actually think that's like even like obviously we're seeing, you know, fantastical movie about uh, space wizards with laser swords. But it's it feels like it shouldn't even be possible what he's doing at the beginning yeah. of the film with the lightspeed every movie about like lightspeed travel like that is like we got to be very careful because we could just like <laughs> teleport to the middle of a planet. Or yeah, yeah, yeah well, he does on purpose several times. It is. Yeah. A, a, that is a such an incredible idea. Yeah. So cool that we're like, what is this planet? What is this planet? Where is he now? And it it. 
it is so clearly a setup for a payoff later on that never happened. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I just thought it was a cool action scene. But um, I, I will say that they couldn't have done this before Last Jedi because Last Jedi was the first time that the Imperial or the First Orders could track people could through track light them speeds, through light right? speed. Right, yep. that yep. was yep. a big deal in that movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, so in terms of like cool things about the movie, yeah, I, I love uh, Ray's physicality with a lightsaber in this movie. Uh, I yeah. think you know the the teaser trailer, Jeff. Uh, you, you, I don't think you've seen it yet, but the teaser trailer yeah. is just that scene where Kylo Ren plays chicken with her standing in the middle of, uh, of the planet. Yeah. Right? That showdown, so it, incredible sequence, and just her running. It actually felt honestly inspired by Game of Thrones to me. That like Battle of the Bastards when um, Jon Snow has a sword and he has this whole like army of horses galloping towards him. That's why how I felt when she has like Kylo Ren's Tie Fighter or whatever vehicle he's using rushing towards her. Uh, I, I thought that was incredible. And there are definitely like a handful of really breathtaking visuals in this film. So yeah. and the, I, I continue yeah. to love. Every time Adam Driver is in a fight scene and he's like he's his choreography with his appendages extends to his hair. Like his <laughs> yeah. hair is yep. a, a, a fifth appendage that is in, involved in the choreography. It's so fun to watch yeah. how he's like hunched over and lanky and it like he's like a transformer moving, right? <laughs> it's the, the way this the way his transformer slowly swings through the air. He is like that with a lightsaber. It's great. Yeah, it's 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 great. And I mean, th like I said, there's a lot to like in this movie. There's a lot of great ideas that are kind of rushed through. There are there are a lot of fun moments. I mean. I was laughing. I cried more than once in this movie. It is, it, it does a lot of things really, really well. So I'm I, glad I, you're stepping through things you like. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I went in wanting to cry. I went in like waiting for sure. the waterworks. And, you know, I, I cry pretty easily in films. And I was like, really, like, JJ, take me there. And well, uh, didn't I happen. Cried, Did I not cried happen. Every, every moment that Carrie Fisher was on screen. Yeah. I cried. I, I'm just not even joking. And, and I'll tell you another thing. I know you guys uh, love it when I tell stories from my youth, evidently, very clearly. But uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, when I first moved to Los Angeles, I uh, w was part of something called the 24-Hour Film Festival, where you make a movie, uh, you conceive, write, shoot, and edit a movie all in 24 hours. Very fun. And um, we did one one year that was uh, kind of a joke on the the organizer of the film festival where we had some footage of him from a different project and we decided to make a movie starring him without him knowing about it. And so what we did in 24 hours is we like took all the footage of him and then wrote the script backwards based on what we had him saying. <laughs> and so we like we like you know we we knew we had him saying this and this and this so what are the lines that could prompt him saying that? And I couldn't help but think of that constantly during oh, yeah. all of the Carrie Fisher scenes is that all of these scenes are just written as prompts to, you know, little bits of film that they already had her saying these specific lines. A lot lines. of that dialogue also doesn't make sense, right? Like it's, it's very like generic, like, Oh, the, the force will take care of you type stuff. But yeah, if you no, think about it, it, it's yeah. very specific. Like there's like one point where she's talking about Palpatine and she says, he's been pulling the strings from behind the scenes this entire time. And I'm like, how the heck did they get that? And I realized that That's she must have been talking about Snoke. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, yeah, but right. but it was just like it, it seems so appropriate. It seems almost like they knew they were going in this direction. It, I don't know. I have to they say, did a good job with that. But but it but it, it you know it was it, it made me cry every time she was there, knowing that she's gone from this earth, and it's very sad. Uh, so 
I, I want to get back to the Carrie Fisher thing, but I, well, I'll just say, you know, since we're talking about it now, that that was just not my experience watching this movie. You know, we we all have very personal experience, but like as I'm watching it, I, I will admit that knowing that she's gone, which is very sad. Uh, I kept trying, yeah, I kept trying to see like the seams of like what they were doing. You know, I kept like uh, trying to think like how how did they do this? Like my brain was just like wondering, did they use like footage they shot in Last Jedi and like how they matched it? Like basically, I was playing out what you just said, Jeff, in my mind about like right. the twenty four yeah, films. Yeah. And so I I personally found that a distraction. That being said, that's just my very personal reaction. Totally understand if no one else had that reaction. But let's. And talk I'm very about glad they the, didn't go the whole CG thing. By the oh, way, yes. like they yes. so glad. they so just glad. used the footage. It was eight minutes of footage from Force Awakens, as far as we know right now. And it was all digitally spliced in, but no, like, CG Leia. I'm very happy. I agree. It was uh, overall, like, overall, I thought they did a good job in terms of, like, integrating her into new things Mm -hmm. that they shot. Very tasteful. I thought that was, it was a respectful, tasteful way of doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, so we got to talk about the thing that happens at the beginning of this film, which ties into, like, one of the biggest reveals of the movie, right? Which is that Emperor Palpatine is still alive, um, which is you know, to, now. to the film's you know? credit is something that is set up in an earlier film, right? Like okay. he says, you know, if like there are ways of keeping people alive with the force or bringing ba- dead people back to life with the force. Go, like, okay, going so. back to Attack of the Clones, yeah. are we? Yes. Yeah. 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 So it's like, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. And by the way, he has died because he does say, he says, yes. I have died before. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So, you know. He looks fair, like a zombie. Yeah. Fair point. That fair could point. be a metaphor also. It doesn't necessarily mean literally I'm, I've died. But yeah. So no beef with that. Uh, n- no issue with, with Palpatine to come back. I mean, okay, could he build but up But also... A, yeah. Go ahead. Go I mean, ahead he also, you know, uh, has been pulling all the strings the whole time. <laughs> and um, evidently doesn't care about his actual kids, but grandkids super cares yeah, about that. Yeah, I know. Okay, so... so they got all the midichlorians, okay? Also, he has like a... Yeah. He's raised like a, a fleet... Of uh, new star destroyers, uh, they're like in the ground apparently. That they, they yeah. come out of like who's manning these things? You never see the inside Listen, of one Dave. of these things, Listen, right? I, Zombie. Well, star well did destroyers. you see that arena of like Sith acolytes? They don't have names, but there's like <laughs> I, I, I hate, I love and hate this because <laughs> number one, it seems so stupid. There's like a planet <laughs> full of these Sith acolytes, but I'm glad that there were. They showed us people because I would be like, how the heck did they build these Star Destroyers? I thought well, they were zombie Star Destroyers, dude. I thought they were yeah, zombie, zombie Star, Star Destroyers. Star Destroyers. By like, magic. like, you mean there are zombies in them and manning them? Or are you like, there's... But how are they created, Jeff? Or the zombies are, like, the Star Destroyers are like... Space magic. Self-sufficient? Yeah. Right? Is that what... We, we got space wizards what? with lightning flowing out of their fingertips, okay. like, you know... Yeah. yeah. Basically, Jeff, are there things inside the Star Destroyers in your <laughs> mind? Is my question. Like, are no, there creatures I, in, in mind, the Star Destroyers? In yeah. my mind, they are automaton Star Destroyer. Although we see, see at the end, like they're the command center has to be attacked. I don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah, we saw the first order people die. Also, yeah. Like, what is what is life like for those acolytes? You know, like is, do they have they like a sit society? In that arena and they sit in that arena and watch Palpatine do tricks with his cool like body lift machine. Oh, man. It's yeah, a thing from Assassin's that? Creed. It is it is that thing yeah. from Assassin's Creed. It's very how Cronenberg. He got it. It's very Cronenberg. You, you, speaking of Cronenberg, you do see a vat with uh, uh-huh. you know Snoke V point five in there. I think right. Yeah. Like he's got yeah. Snoke's upon Snoke's upon Snoke's, dude. <laughs> it's yeah. Snoke's all the Snoke. way down. I believe is the phrase. You know. By, by the way, I love this because JJ did set this up. Like there is a scene in Force Awakens where Kylo is 
talking to Darth Vader's helmet or what what remains of it. And he's like, show me again the darkness. And he's like talking to it like as if, uh, you know, he see like that Anakin has spoken to him through death. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in this, it, it explained that the emperor has been, you know, talking to him in different voices and stuff like that. And I feel like I feel like there was something going on there. Like JJ <laughs> was planning that as a setup. It wasn't just like a cool line to have there. Yeah. Palpatine so, was his also, idea. Like from what we've seen, like this, this wasn't like a Colin Trevorrow story beat that came in like this. It was his idea to bring him back. I'm not sure when. Because they did, uh, Jeff, they did map out some of the, like, what they wanted to cover in this trilogy early on when they were building episode seven and eight. So, well, I don't know, like, it come out and it was like, yeah, uh, you know, I did get story credit, but I'm not responsible for that Palpatine stuff. Yeah. Although I'm excited to see it. Like, he said something like that. It was like, it's a total FU. Like, yeah. I don't I, want to take credit for that. Right. Well, I speaking mean, of FUs. I mean, yeah. we'll get to the numerous fuck yous to Ryan Johnson in this movie, but oh, man. one of the more oblique ones that I think is directly a, uh, you know, a direct reading you can take from the zombie Star Destroyers is like literally a huge portion of what we learned in The Last Jedi that I took away and, and thought was an interesting examination of the world of Star Wars is that, oh, there's an industry that makes star destroyers and people get rich off of it. And it's, or you can just manifest them on your planet of people and it doesn't fucking matter. Right. Like, you don't think it's more interesting, like a religion that is producing these war. Like I, I feel no. that's interesting. No, no, they, they, <laughs> yeah, they, I, I didn't get that. There was a religion. I, I got that. He snapped his fingers and star destroyers came out of the water. It, it sounds like they were just being built for a while, but this is one of those plot points. It feels like almost, futile to argue about because it's just like it's it's a thing they're here now well i will yeah. say related to all yeah related to all this by the way yeah this movie opens in a way i did love everything about the opening i love the opening crawl i loved it's kylo hunting down palpatine and like him approaching this planet when he sees the emperor's base it is enormous it exactly fills the 16 by nine frame. Like it's just framed so well, like so much of it feels so pulpy and cool. That whole opening before we get to, you know, the actual, you know, rebel team, like uh, that's pretty great. I wish the movie had kept some of that up. Yeah. The visuals uh, overall, like one of my favorite things about watching these Star Wars movies is like the reveals of the new worlds that you see and yes. how they're interesting yeah. design. And every new world I feel like is really visually spectacular. I mean, and that was what was so so I think it was one of the things that was so disappointing to me about The Force Awakens is that the worlds all felt just like photocopies yeah. of A New Hope's world <laughs> yeah. instead of actually blazing new trails. And I give this movie a lot of credit for blazing new trails, you know, oceany setting, which we haven't really been to. And, uh, you know, the, there well, just are that it, thing stuff that feels different. The visual that of that gigantic planet. like monolith, right, that you like walk under to get to yeah. Mexico. Yeah. Lightning. I just, yeah, I just think that is really interesting looking. So, um but, uh, okay, so the, the problem with the Palpatine stuff, in my opinion, is that it is complete and utter nonsense. I mean, I just <laughs> didn't think that, like, Jeff Jeff points out a really good point that, like, hey, for some reason, Ray is really important, but, like, fuck the parents of Ray. Like, fuck those yeah, parents. Let them, assassinate you know, those people. If there's one thing I know about Emperor Palpatine is that he's totally chill with letting his kids go and have their own life and be, like, He's a family total, man. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like you know Daddy what, you, know, you until you have your grandkids, and then I'm coming for you and I'm murdering you. But up until <laughs> that point, you guys, you know, you be you, live your life. Uh, yeah, cool. Yes, there, there, um, 
J.J. Abrams likes to change things along the way. I, I, I will relay some information, some insider information I know here. I know that this doesn't help because it's not in the film. But it'll, <laughs> it'll give you some insight. All right. Hit, uh, hit us. Hit us, ori- Originally, it was relayed that Emperor Palpatine uh, just just like Anakin was immaculately conceived, he immaculately c- conceived Ray with a random couple somewhere. Oh. Nah, dude, Palpatine fucks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so, anyways, I'm I'm just saying that. So, like, it, that does explain why I didn't care about the the parents, but it's not explained. Wow, well, yeah, that, I mean, that would have been actually helpful. Sort of would have preferred that too, because then it's not literally just the bloodline. It's at least like give give me some Star Wars magic more than royalty, basically, because right now the bloodlines of these movies is basically only the Skywalkers matter, and now the Pal the Palpatines were he it was just him until now, but he but was also, the only other. How major are you a Palpatine or... if I like manifested you in some other people? Like what is that? Okay. I just picked two. I picked two <laughs> two poor saps, and I I made my it's... grandkid in them. What is that? <laughs> guy fucks. The way he fucks is by manipulating midichlorians on random people all throughout the galaxy. That's how he fucks. He like yeah. he like fucks a generation later. Yeah. Is that what yeah. well, there, there's also like a Star Wars comic panel that came out like a year ago that insinuated that Palpatine was responsible for Anakin's immaculate conception. Right. Which people thought was a setup for this. Anyways, this, this is like Star Wars nerddom of the, wasn't, it, wasn't that in Phantom Menace? I felt like that was heavily implied, but I don't know. So I think you guys have also pointed to another problem uh, that I think has been pervasive, not just in this movie, um, but also like throughout this trilogy of films, right? Which is that I feel like, the, you know, uh, Peter, you're pointing, you, we were talking about like Star Destroyers. Who, is, who the hell is building these things? Who, who are these religious Sith people, all this stuff? And I feel like one of the biggest problems of this movie is it, these, this trilogy is it does a pretty bad job of communicating what the political dynamics are in the galaxy uh, yeah. at any single point. It, like, pick any film. And I think, like, it does a pretty bad job of... like. So, for instance, mm-hmm. in this movie, or in last movie, uh, they had that big battle of, of Crete, I think it was, right? Where right. they put the, the, the uh, help signal out. They put the SOS out, and no one came to help them, right? And there was, like, an, kind of an interesting point to be made there about how... Even under an autocracy, like there's a lot of people who just don't care uh, because yep. they are too busy with their lives or gambling away their lives on Cantobite or, or doing what what have you, right? And uh, okay, I, I guess like we don't really have we have to like we have to bring that to the movie. The movie doesn't really say like, hey, uh, people find the First Order's antics mildly inconvenient, but not super oppressive like a true totalitarian regime. You know what I mean? Like all this stuff, I'm, like all this stuff, it just sounds like nonsense when I'm talking about it because none of it is in the films. And <laughs> in this movie, it's kind of like the the critical moment of the film hinges on an understanding of what is it that people feel about the First Order? What is it that people feel about the Rebellion? And like you having at least some sense of that before they all come rushing in like at the end of Dunkirk and like, hey, it's just the regular people that are here. You know, like... uh, I will will say this, though. There is a criticism out there that that one of the biggest fuck yous to uh, (laughs) Last Jedi is the fact that, you know, Luke had this last stand on Crate. And his story would spread around the galaxy and spark, uh, you know, 
hope and like get people involved in this new rebellion. Right. And the fact that nothing happens after, you know, the call in crate uh, is a big F you to, you know, that um, yet at the end of this movie, you know, some people show up. Well, you could talk about that in a bit, but um, yeah, I would love I, to have seen that. That would have been cool to see that, yeah. that like some evidence that that happened, you know? Yeah. But I, I, I would read this as honestly, as a bunch of people asking for some help that are outnumbered on a planet compared to, uh, you know, it's the difference between, um, I forget who said it. Was it Lando? Someone said it in this movie. He said, good people will fight if we lead them. Yeah. And I, I think this is different because they had a leader this time. And there was someone to get behind and there was a, a chance to overthrow them. Do you know what I mean? They, I, guess, I mean, they yeah. had a legend before. They had Leia <laughs> and all the, like, yeah. Yeah, resistance leaders. So I don't. Yeah, I don't but quite play yeah. like twelve people. I yeah. like the fact that th- this one, this time, it's literally like, "Hey, everybody, show up at a place that's not on any map, <laughs> and we will fuck some shit up." Well, and also, we're, like, yeah, we're facing these. That. We'll face these zombies, uh, zombie star destroyers, which, by the way, can now destroy planets for reasons. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we will overcome. Uh, so, uh, P- and Peter, Babo I- Frick is down. Babo Frick is like, put me in the <laughs> cockpit. I want to show up. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm Babo Frick, oh, man. I'm down to fight in the final battle against down the zombies in the place that's not on any map. That whole thing, by the way, of all the ships showing up at the end, feels almost ripped directly from Joss Whedon's Serenity. That mm. that same exact it thing does, yeah. happens in Serenity. That is the big culmination that uh, takes out the bad guys because nobody expected those ships. So cool even that the, didn't feel super interesting. It was cool when the theme kicked in at that moment, yeah. though. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah that's like, the first uh, time that the Star Wars theme has played in the movies. Yeah. yeah. Like, actually during the movie. Mm. Mm. Um, that's cool. Well, in any case, by the way, I do also just want to be careful, Jeff, of like when we say this movie is a big F you to Ryan Johnson. I mean... Uh, who knows what their actual like private lives are like, but p- publicly, Ryan Johnson and and J.J. Abrams have been very cordial with each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we can say this movie is an fu to Last Jedi. No problem with that. But just like, My, just be sure, careful. Yes, about I, the should, I should. I should rephrase it. Not make it personal at all, because who yeah. knows? And it it probably isn't. <laughs> but uh, there's no doubt to me that this movie is a, 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 a middle finger to the Last Jedi. Yes. numerous times. That the, I can agree with. <laughs> the the biggest, the most egregious moment to me that actually hurt like i felt like it was it was just the movie turning to the audience and going hey fuck that last movie mm-hmm. was when luke grabs the 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 uh lightsaber walks out of the wreckage of the tie fighter and says yeah. that's not how you treat the you know a a weapon of a jedi is to be respected i mean it's literally saying no, I, I, I by the way that was funny that seemed tongue-in-cheek jeff Come I, on. I, I think i said that in my review though that that is something that had, like bothered me the first time i saw it and it's bothered me more and more most i've seen it more uh in last jedi <laughs> is like force awakens the end of that movie is so powerful ray is going there to get the help of luke skywalker like that it's so emotional her walking up those steps reaching out she's like you know tears in her eyes for him to accept it and like literally the next movie you know cut he like in a humorous way just tosses it over his shoulder right right and like i'm fine with him rejecting the call that's that's hero's journey stuff right there that's joseph campbell and that's what george uh george lucas worked off of but it's the execution of like like a joke, like Saturday Night Live, like moment of throwing the saber, and that that to me, like, was kind of like, 
I, 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 I'm being over dramatic here. I, I get that this. movie's done. I'm not a person that, that thinks movie's that. movie's done. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like it, it felt like an F you to me. Like it felt I, like F you that you cared about this moment. That's what it felt oh, like. So I'm, yeah. I'm glad that. Yeah, this I, I agree with you, Jeff. I agree with you that like the now the charitable way to interpret it is that the Luke of this movie has grown and changed quite a bit than the Luke of even the Last Jedi. Right? He no, I, I, I think the <laughs> more charitable way is like he Luke is a funny like he is kind of a funny guy like he was joking around the Last Jedi. And it it's tongue and it can be tongue in cheek. Without, uh, that is like, yeah. Being a that that is not certainly. Yeah. I share Jeff's interpretation. I did not take that as tongue in cheek at all. Um, I took it as like a repudiation of yes. the opening moments of the Last Jedi. That's me personally. He's saying it, but yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I hear you guys. I it, it was um, interesting. I uh, I saw Joseph Kahn tweeted about this, and he really does not like the Last Jedi, but he made a really good point. Uh, about uh, the following. He said on Twitter, Mark Hamill spent four decades with Luke Skywalker. George Lucas created the character, but Mark Hamill brought him to life. If anyone knows what Luke would or wouldn't do, it's him. Actors are not props. They are storytellers, end quote. And I, I really like that. I think that's just something to remember uh, is that like, yeah, a- like actors bring a lot to the story as well. Now, of course, Joseph Kahn was saying this because he was commenting on the fact that Mark Hamill has said in the past he did not agree with Ryan Johnson's, you know, depiction of Luke Skywalker. Um, but anyway, I, I just thought it was a, a relevant point to bring up as like yeah. something, just something I've been thinking about. It's been like clanging around in my sure, head. Sure. As uh, and, and if, it, you know. if anybody here hasn't seen it, there's a great documentary on the Last Jedi DVD, Blu-ray, Disney Plus, whatever, called The Director and the Jedi, and I think it is a really great documentary that shows that and mm. is surprisingly honest even though it's yeah. produced by Disney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting you bring up, uh, like, uh, Peter, the way they even use the lightsaber in that final scene of Force Awakens. Like, the way J.J. Abrams treats, you know, this franchise, like, there, there's a reverence to all the touchstones. And we see that a lot in this movie, too, like Lando coming back, like the TIE fighter being raised from the water. Like, a lot of these things are back because yeah, we've seen X-wing. them before. X-wing. X-wing. Yeah, yeah, the X-Wing. Um a lot of these things are back because we expect them and there we, we have an emotional attachment to them. What Ryan Johnson was at least doing was like it being a little introspective about like, what does this mean? What would it mean if something like, you know, if somebody just threw away their lightsaber, you would gasp, you would be shocked. That's like sacrilegious. Uh, to me, that reverence kind of hurts this movie after a certain point, like Lando's first yes. scene is great. And after a while it's like, that's hey, Lando's back. That's Lando. That's uh. <laughs> that's Lando, guys. Lando's here. Lando's oh, and here. then and then. Poochie's oh my here. gosh, the thing that. Okay, so I mean, I think it's. I I tried to start with like things I really liked about this film, but I think it's pretty yeah. clear I really didn't like this movie at all. Uh, I think it's you know one of the worst of the Star Wars movies, and um wow. the the Lando at the end being like, hey, guess what? We're going to get our own Disney Plus show slash spinoff series of films or whatever. <laughs> Weird to I'm have just a like, this is pilot in the ninth movie it, it, of your franchise. Wait, wait, wait. That's how you read it? Oh, how could you not? Yeah. It, it is very clearly like, uh, their adventures will continue. Yeah, their adventures I'm will just, continue. Oh. I'm just, I, I read that as like, it's, it's, a, it's a, comic it's, books or something like that. I read a, that as like, when people saw Force Awakens and Maz Kanata said, uh, you know, uh, this lightsaber thing. This is a story for another time. Everybody's like, is that going to be in this movie? I'm like, no, I always read that as that's expanded universe set up. There's a, f- there's a big difference between, hey, you have a side story. Let's go check it out, you and me, in my new <laughs> ongoing series, The Landalorian. You know, it's. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It just, it just felt 
so out of place for a Star Wars film, to be honest. It felt like something that would be in an Avengers film, right? And I'm just yeah. like, oh, that it kind of breaks my heart because I've always thought of these Star Wars fil- films, even though they have an extended universe, they generally stand alone. And we see like the Disney influence creeping in. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm completely overblowing this and we'll never hear from those <laughs> characters again. But I suspect, uh, Peter, at least it is to set up some kind of comic book or whatever. And that's kind of disappointing that they did it in such a clunky way at the end of this film, in my opinion. Um, but- uh, the biggest, my biggest gripe in this whole movie is that I don't fundamentally buy the Kylo Ren turn. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I don't buy it. And, and now, I will say... To JJ's credit, and Peter, you brought this up very eloquently. He he had a bum hand here, right? And we keep talking about the fact that you have no Carrie Fisher, and it and and I you know I said it when we were not in spoilers that clearly this whole series wanted to become in, in the way that Luke had to square off against his father. It had it it was you know the mother dealing with the son who was in the dark side turning him to the light. It felt like the mirror image of that. That felt like what everything was building toward. And you can't do that. But having said that, I don't buy, I don't know what changed. What what happened? He gets stabbed and then Leia commits suicide somehow. So my, that- my interpretation, Jeff, if I may, um, of, may, of like to answer your question is... I agree with you that the turn feels really sudden and theoretically unearned a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what the movie's trying to say, Peter, back me up here, right? Is that like yeah. Leia used the full extent of her force powers, which like basically yeah. sapped her entire life force in order to rem- uh, remind Kylo Ren of his older yeah. self, question mark. It's, it's in a order force to, hug. Yeah, yeah, it's in a order force to, mommy's yeah, hug. Yeah, for, like force pull him back to his older self, question yeah. mark. It's not 100% clear exactly what she yeah. does, but that like whatever she did, it was so effortful that it obviously mm-hmm. cost her her life. Right. Listen, so, this sure. character is a bad guy who's always needed his mommy. And now <laughs> he has his Why mommy. That? Why well, in he, that moment? Like what? what but here's I, another I, problem with this moment is... Uh-huh. So many things happen in this moment. Yeah. So she does that force hug or whatever you want to call it. I like that. Um, and then he drops the saber. Ray catches it in a moment of anger, stabs him mm-hmm. in the chest. Yeah. He dies. Uh, and then she decides to bring him back. And then he sees. He, I don't think he dies. He's just like, oh, there's dying. a hole in my yeah, chest. He's dying. Yeah, and he's then dying. she saves him. He's and then dying. she flies yeah. off. And then he sees he has the encounter with. Well, she uh, saves him. So there's like yeah. so much that happens within there's a lot the point of a minute that it's like yeah. hard to like be like, wait, when did he decide? But I, I think I think it's the moment of compassion. The fact that like Ray could have killed him, could have ended it and decided to bring him back. And not only did he bring him back uh, or, or yeah. save his life, but she says, I did reach out for your hand. I did want to join you, but I wanted to join Ben, not Kylo. It was also like really in the previous movies. Yeah. Yeah. That, that whole fight, by the way, is, is really great with character beats because that fights most of this movie. Ray is the angry one. And we remember what Yoda says about anger and hate and yada, 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 because she is, Kylo is not the one fighting through anger. Like it's always her, which seemed really interesting. And that kind of like hinted at what she would be fighting with later on. But in that fight, like he, towards the end of that fight on the water planet, like he is, he is not like actively trying to get her. 
he's basically just like deflecting and trying to make her listen to him. So it is a great dance between two characters, even though they're not saying much, like what they're saying with their actions is interesting. Oh, and something we didn't mention before, they're using the force push to block the yes. like lightsaber uh, hit. Love and, it. Yeah. And also, uh, Kylo has this cross blade lightsaber, and I, we haven't really seen him use those cross blades, and we see him use it in this fight, which the I hilt. actually like. Yeah. 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 Jeff, uh, you, yeah, I, I want to hear your reaction to what, what we've said. I don't buy it. I mean, I, 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 I get that. I get what the movie is trying to communicate, that somehow... Leia does something in that moment that pushes him. And, and I understand that the movie is handicapped by the fact that they weren't, they don't have a Carrie Fisher sacrificing herself shot, right? There's no, there's no, I mean, the way this, but I, I as, think it's much, more listen, than the listen, hug. Listen, 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 listen. The, as much as I um, welled up and loved the Han Solo thing, it makes zero sense. And also it it's, it's, it's a theft, right? That moment needed to be Carrie Fisher. That moment needed to be princess Leia and it's Han instead. And it is only because he's still alive. Because to of production do it. realities, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's a bummer because there's no reason why you should be able to like what should have happened in my opinion is, you know, they're having the fight. Princess Leia is there Kylo Ren or Ray gets knocked down and uh, is out of the fight for a, a mere second. And Princess Leia sacrifices herself in the way that Obi-Wan Kenobi does by not defending herself. Uh, and Kylo Ren strikes her down. And in that moment, you know, he is affected, right, by striking down his own mother. And then after, you know, Ray stabs him and we have and heals him and everything, then he sees Spectre. Leia instead of Han in that moment and has a moment of reconciliation with his own mother. Like that's, that's how it should happen. Like the, seeing Han again. I, I agree with sense. you. Yeah. I agree with you that seeing Han, like he, he should be seeing his mom and like, why is basically when I see that, my question in my mind is why is he not seeing Carrie Fisher? You know, like, right. Why is he seeing Han instead of Carrie? But it's because of production realities. Uh, obviously the, the filmmakers were very aware of the realities and they did the best they could um, to honor Carrie Fisher, you know, with what, they were given, um, right. but yeah, I I agree with you that it's fundamentally weird. I agree with what Peter's saying that like there were a lot of um, f just a lot of stuff happening in the course of like a couple so minutes, right? That is just like hard to even comprehend. But Jeff, you've been talking so, and I'll just say also about that moment that uh, honestly, the other moment in cinema it reminded me most of is the Martha <laughs> moment in Batman v Superman, which wow. I felt is like really what? uncharitable. But How like, dare it's just, like, you? That's unfair. How dare you? <laughs> it's just, it's just like, oh, like it, it has to do with his mom character and then a character <laughs> suddenly turning good because of like some realization that he has about his mom. And it's just like, yeah. it felt that accelerated to me, which like is not, is not a really a favorable mm -hmm. comparison, but Dave, I'm flipping the table and walking out the door. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, well I'll say I'll say this that Jeff, you're talking about like that moment being the one you didn't. But it's interesting. We both have moments that kind of different moments that broke the movie for us. For me, and we've re referred to this already. It is finding out that Ray is uh, Palpatine's granddaughter because other than yeah. not making any damn sense, uh, <laughs> I wanted to shout, "Who cares?" in the theater. <laughs> Well, other than making any what I realized, you know what this movie made me realize? How much I appreciated The Last Jedi. 
Honestly, yes. yeah, I'm being 100% serious. Like, I'm like, uh, you know, in, in I the know past, there's going to be, listen, before you even go on, there's yeah. going to be a lot of people that are super angry that we're all on the same page about that. So I'm glad Peter is here because <laughs> there's going to be a lot of people yeah. listening to this who are like, these are a bunch of three guys that love this last movie and my voice isn't being heard. So I'm glad Peter is here to be the <laughs> counterpoint to that. Indeed, indeed. So, yeah, so Last Jedi, uh, as I thought about it, I'm like, well, there's some things that are good about it. There's some things that are bad. And, uh, like, did we really need to see him drink green milk from that teat? And, you know, uh, <laughs> did, did Canto Bite really need to be a thing? You know, as I'm thinking back on it, I'm like, you know, uh, mixed bag, but overall pretty good. And now that I've seen this movie, I'm like, wow, am I so grateful to the last Jedi for like taking those big swings, you know, yes. and like trying trying to do the and and the one thing that has resonated with me more than anything else in the last Jedi is the idea that Ray's parents are nobody. I and, know. And if you hear, you yes. know, Ryan Johnson spoke with us on this podcast about that topic. He also gave an interview to SlashFilm.com separately, okay. where he says, and uh, by the way, he never said that. She was of no bloodline. I want to. I want to. Yeah, yeah, no, no. He, he every did, single time clarified that exactly what Kylo said. Which th- this is said, yeah. Your this is like uh, were nobodies. Th- this is they like uh, remember when um uh Obi Wan told Luke like, hey, your father's dead, and he's like, well, in a way, he was dead. You know, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. in a way, your parents were nobody. Um, but but uh, even that doesn't make any sense because but, they they weren't nobody. Well, and, 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 well, and well if the, Peter's and right about the uh, divine yeah, they, conception, maybe they were nobody at some point. Yeah. But, yeah. but why? I want, I want to say one thing. Palpatine, why would Palpatine <laughs> divinely <laughs> conceive someone and just let them raise it for a while? Like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Listen, Jeff, you know how hard it is to raise a baby. You got to <laughs> yes, force an able baby. Come on. So let me let me Come just on. finish my point, Peter, and then I'll, I'll throw it to you. But basically, in this interview at slashfilm.com from a couple years ago. Um, you're, you're at the, the, uh, interviewer who I believe is, uh, looks like you, you're the interviewer, um, is asking, uh, Ryan Johnson about like, Hey, did you talk about how you came to the revelation that Ray is the child of no one of significant value? And here's what Ryan Johnson says. He says, uh, if you look at, at, for example, the Vader, I am your father moment from Empire Strikes Back, that moment is so powerful because it's the hardest possible thing that Luke and the audience could hear at that moment. It takes away the easy answers, basically. We thought he was just a bad guy that we could hate and want to kill, but that one sentence, and suddenly it's more complicated than that, it's harder than that. If Rey in this movie, if someone had told her, uh, and she's talking about Last Jedi here, if Rey in this movie, if someone had told her, yes, here's the answer, you are so-and-so's daughter, here is your place in the world, here you go, that would be the easiest thing she and the audience could hear. It would hand her on a silver platter her place in all this. The hardest thing yep. for all of us to hear, and the thing she doesn't want to hear, and maybe we don't either, is that, no, this is not something that's going to be something where it's going to define you. And the fact that you don't have to, uh, that you don't have this is going to be used against you by Kylo to try to pull him into your orbit. This is going to be hard, and you're going to have to stand on your own two feet and define yourself in this story, end quote. Genius. It, genius. It, wait, it, wait, genius. Wait a second here. I, I think this completely fits what JJ did. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't want to have this argument with you, Peter. Here, let me just say one other thing, and then I, I want to hear your argument about this. But I, Okay. But my point about this is I just found that to be such a profound idea. When she goes into the cave, right, and she like she's looking for the answers, and like you see like these figures that seem to be her parents in the cave in The Last Jedi – and you think it's going to be your parents and you're going to be like, oh my gosh, it's like Luke Skywalker or whatever. Like, you don't know who it's going to be. And it's nothing. There's no answers there. And 
I just found that to be so profound, this idea that like you're looking for this thing and then you don't find it and you need to is, like write the story yourself. Isn't um, it didn't didn't Ryan when we were talking about knives out last week or whenever well, that was, yeah. he quoted someone else. I can't remember who he quoted, but he said he said that so and so school of screenwriting. Vince which Gilligan is, school school Vince of screenwriting. Gilligan, like, what yes. is the biggest <laughs> obstacle someone could just have? Just make make it harder for your characters. Always make it harder for your characters. Yeah. And I, I think that but is I don't I don't think that's always the good way, especially if you're dealing with mythic storytelling on like the hero's journey level that George Lucas set up here. Uh first of all, I want to say that when Kylo says this in Last Jedi, he was trying to manipulate Ray. He was trying to get her to join her, to kill Snoke, to kill these Praetorian guards. Uh he was trying to manipulate her. He, he he's a bad guy. You can't trust what sure. he's saying. Mm. Number one. So no uh okay. number two. This movie. So you, think, you think him telling her you're nobody is better than him telling her you're Palpatine's granddaughter? I think it makes her angry and makes her like, yeah, I, I do. And you I think, think that also, makes her more angry than saying you are Emperor Palpatine's here, here, I, granddaughter. I feel like we've made our point, Jeff. Let's let yeah, Peter yeah, yeah. defend it. Sorry. All right. I, I, okay. Number two, I love that this movie is not about her being the chosen one. It's the opposite arc. It's her choosing her own destiny, even though she is from this bloodline that has done these horrific things in this horrible part of this galaxy of choosing to not fall into the dark side to choosing not to be the, like who uh, she was born or created to be and choosing to be something different, not only different, but actually deciding who she is in not only name, but like as a person. And I think that is, fits everything that Ryan said there. Do you think yeah. that there's a moment as you were watching, was there ever a moment where you thought she would strike Palpatine down? And like, I, I'm thinking at the end of Return of the Jedi, the sequence with Luke and Vader and uh, and the Emperor at the end. I mean, obviously, we're in a movie where heroes win and everything, but I felt like th that was a sequence where Luke was genuinely tempted by the dark side. We genuinely didn't know how was it was all going to going to work out. And when Vader turns, it was a surprise to me as a young boy. You're talking right? about Return was, of the Jedi when he throws him down the shaft. Is that what you're talking about? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. That, that entire sequence of you have another, there is a sister, you know, all that stuff. But, but I also think it's different here though. Like she is being told by Palpatine. If you strike me down in anger, my soul is going to like, it, I'm going to become you. That basically, like, the, the, your destiny is fulfilled when you strike me down. I'm, I'm not sure if he's talking it, metaphorically. I'm not sure if he's talking, like, that, that's no, actually going to happen. It, it, it seems, the, all right, Je pro, Jeff, finish yeah. your point. I feel like we're, like, bringing up I know, points we're all not over finishing the place. them. Yeah, go ahead. We're Jeff. all over the place. But the yeah. problem is, for me, is I never saw I never saw Ray tempted by anger. I, I never, there was never a moment in that entire sequence where I thought, well, she is getting angry, and she you could she could potentially give in to her hate. Like there was yeah. no there was no temptation there. It was a it it it, it didn't. I never felt like Ray, you're the reason I'm saying this is because you are positing that Ray makes this great decision to actualize and and you know decide the yeah. inverse of the hero's journey, whatever. But I think and she I, decides that before this. But. Okay, but th that doesn't have any dramatic tension then in the scene. If she de she decided it before our big well, climax. Well, it has a different dramatic tension because he can't. She can't kill him. If she kills him, he she becomes 
him. She goes there to murder him for revenge. Like that, that is pretty like she says that. And then Finn is like, wait, what? You're gonna you're yeah. gonna destroy this man? And like she goes there angry. That was the whole like point of that. And then it seems like that hap- her turn happens there when she understands what's happening. But I- I'll say that uh I kind of agree with Jeff in some ways. I, I do think the movie does some uh Go work some way to to accomplishing what you're saying, Jeff. Like it does, you know, like like Javindra references. It does have have that line where she's like, "I'm gonna freaking murder all these guys," and Finn's like, "I haven't heard you talk like that before," you know. And then uh, when she's down there, the Emperor presents her basically an impossible choice. He's like, "Hey, yeah, you can either sucks. sit here and watch all your friends die, or kill me and save them," you know. And it's like, okay, yeah. well, that's a pretty tough choice. And um, also, what she and Kyla do, by the way, sucks. Like they don't. You, you you just made the emperor stronger, guys. Uh, thanks. What I don't thanks. like, what, yeah. what I don't like about it is, I feel like this movie takes the phrase "strike me down and I shall become more powerful than you can imagine" <laughs> extremely literally. Like it says, right. if you literally strike me down, you, hey, by the way, there's a ritual around it now. Um, there's a ritual now where you literally strike me down and then I become more powerful than you can imagine. I'm just like, oh man, they really. Yeah. This, I guess. Yeah. I guess the Sith, the Sith are basically Highlanders now. Like you kill <laughs> yeah. me, yeah. you become yeah. the Highlander. Yeah. Sorry. Well, can go. we go back for a second yeah. to Peter, Ray's parentage? Because, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, when J.J. Abrams did a, a Force Awakens, you see the anger in in Ray. Like you talk about it, Demeter, like how she uh, battles with her lightsaber. Like there's yeah. moments in that last fight on Starkiller Base where the anger is getting the best of her, and she takes that moment to like almost meditate into you know channel uh, you know to push back the anger and to get balance in the force and uh ryan explores this in last jedi of her like immediately being uh going to that hole the darkness hole and luke being shocked that like she didn't even stop herself um i think if george lucas was making a trilogy i don't know what we what we'd see him make number one but Number two, I think if he was making the trilogy, I think there's something so, uh, so great about the symmetricalness of this, the yin yang of this, that Kylo comes, he's a son of the good guys, and that she is finds out that she's a daughter of the bad guys, and that there is that fuck, that that the effed up relationship there, and I feel <laughs> like it, it, it's so George Lucas, and I and I yeah. if you're if you're J.J. Abrams and you're trying to co- complete a cohesive story for this trilogy, I feel like you need to satisfy. You need to come to a conclusion on who she is, and I don't think her being a nobody is is a satisfying answer. Answer, what? especially since the the first notes of the first movie are setting like he he you know Abrams has even talked about it. like he was setting it up as that was the big question right. of this trilogy so i feel but like here, here's uh, like i think there are, there are alternatives like there are other ways it could have gone about it to me it just feels like it's disappointing because it is it is the occam's razor answer it is the simplest answer to this big mystery that we've been carrying for a couple of years and it just feels it feels like, kind of boring. I, mean, I don't know about like, I don't know about Occam's Razor. Cause... I mean, like he's she's she's the uh, granddaughter of this emperor, the reanimated corpse of this emperor that we listen. Thought was we've, dead. we've got two we've got two <laughs> bloodlines of master force yeah. users. It's either the Skywalkers <laughs> or it's either the Palpatine. So it's like I, it's, I that's okay. Force it feels very obvious. Yeah. I, I was covering all the speculation, and everybody was saying, "Is she Luke? Is she Leia? Yeah. Is she yeah. Obi Wan's?" Nobody was saying Palpatine. So, uh, 
No, yeah, I mean okay. there there were there was other chatter on the internet. There was a lot of theories being fr- fr- thrown yeah. around. I will say, to me, it would have be at least been more interesting if they had gone with the original idea of her being immaculately, you know, uh, conceived and her parents still being nobody. Like you could still balance that. You could still balance the identity of having yeah. nothing to tie yourself to, um, and and still make that work. I, I I feel like you know this. It just felt boring in a way that i didn't really appreciate i'm sure a lot of people will be shocked by it just as much as like vader revealing that he's luke's father so maybe to that effect it works but uh i don't know i just i just wanted and, and something I, I do want to say one one last thing i think like i keep on hearing that like jj took the easy way out and i don't think he did i think palpatine is a, a like a very divisive choice like mm-hmm. I, I i really think many people are going to read that opening crawl and are going to be like what i don't like this. Like I, like, I, I think that's going to be many people's first reactions to this movie. And I, I think, I think that's that why is Palpatine is choice. in the. That's why Palpatine's in the trailer. Yeah. No, yeah. I agree. I agree. Nothing about this movie. Let me just say, nothing about this movie feels easy to me. I'll just let me point that out there. It, it feels like I'm exhausted watching the movie. Like it feels like <laughs> yes. the people who made this movie worked extremely hard. But yeah, so uh, Peter, be- Peter, it's not just about race parentage, right? It's also like the entire ethos of The Last Jedi, right? There's some really great lines in that movie. One of them is like, you know, uh, forget the past, kill it if you have to. It's the only way to become what you're meant to be. If you read my interview with Ryan Johnson, Dave, which I did, he will even say that that line came from Kylo Ren, the bad guy that he does not, he's not trying to perpetrate that line. Like he does not agree with that line. Fair fair enough. Fair enough. But, but, what I think is so well captured about about that is like um, the end of the movie, right? They burn the Jedi library, but they keep the books stowed away. And what I love about that is like, hey, we are – my interpretation of that ending is uh, we are going to be influenced and inspired by the past, but we will not be slaves to it. We will not um, have our futures dictated by it. Uh, that that is what I feel like the last Jedi is trying to put forward is like, hey, the past is actually extremely important and we should revere it, but we should all still like move forward and and tell our own stories and and be the owners of our own destiny and like that's what kind of the last Jedi was a, a reaction against is the extremely templatized uh, ways in which Star Wars storytelling has occurred over the last few decades. So but I don't th- I don't think you can tur- like throw away the template in the eight chapter of a nine chapter story. <laughs> <laughs> that just, that yeah. just doesn't work. I mean, uh, he he tried. He certainly tried. Yeah. These uh, rules are here for a reason. Okay, <laughs> and, and I will say, I I really like Ryan Johnson's movie as a movie. I think it's cinematically superior to both of J.J. J. Abrams' movies. As a movie, I think it's a better movie. Mm-hmm. But I think as a chapter in this mm. three arc structure and the nine arc, whatever, I like the two J.J. movies better because yeah. like they are more cohesive. Like for me as a Star for as a Star Wars fan watching Star Wars movies, if that makes right, sense. Right, right. I mean, that's that's another thing I th- I think of when I hear you talk passionately about this movie, Peter. Is I wonder like how this franchise would be different if JJ had gone directed all three of them. You know, like uh, how would he have continued the story from uh, Force Awakens into two, and that would maybe have uh, made these big revelations feel more organic as opposed to hey, we're bringing it up and then resolving it within like a scene yeah. or you know ten minutes. Um, yeah. which is what a lot of this movie feels like, unfortunately. Now, speaking of speaking of things that resolve really quickly, we should also point out <laughs> a bunch of secondary characters are introduced during the course of this movie. Um, 
I yeah, mean, we haven't even I'm, spoken like, about like Kelly Marie. Ryan's yeah, go ahead. Ryan's character gets completely ignored. It's like, oh yeah, you wanted to introduce Rose? <laughs> yeah, she's gonna sit out this one. Yeah, she basically sits out, <laughs> and then uh, there is the Carrie Russell character, Zori Bliss, who I I mean, she looks cool. She looks cool. I think that character. As as depicted on screen is is a disaster. I mean, I think like yeah. she starts off like telling a pretty convincing like when it, when she finishes telling that story at the beginning, I'm like, oh man, I am pissed on your behalf, woman. Uh, yes. That this guy like left you high and dry, and apparently she's still paying off the debt. Then literally a scene later, she's in love with him, <laughs> and it's like okay, I'm, to be fair, it is Oscar Isaac, but also. Um, come on. I mean, that's, it's like her arc is like five minutes long. It's not great. It's pretty rough. I, I will um, say smart move to at least show her eyes at a, at a certain key point in this yeah, movie. Like they, it avoids the Mandalorian thing where yeah. you can't really tell what she's feeling. And then it's, it's Carrie Russell. So like her eyes are very expressive. Yeah, yeah it works. Jeff, I haven't heard from you in a while. Let me ask you, what did you think of general Hux's demise in this film? And, uh, oh, and I guess he's replaced by Richard E. Grant, right? Um, as a who, new, who, by the way, Richard E. Grant, born to play an yes. imperial <laughs> officer, yeah. he plays allegiant general pride in this movie. Yes, yeah. I mean, he is he is he is exactly that archetype, uh, and he does a great job. Choose scenery; it's great. Um, but yeah, I mean, Huxley, <laughs> Hux, just Hux. <laughs> oh, excuse me, Hux. Yeah, he. I mean, I'm the. That was one of my eye roll moments. I'm the spy. Really. Really? And then why? It's because, oh, I, I don't want you to win. I want Kylo Ren to lose. Oh, well, that explains it. Because what's your plan after that, pal? Uh, also, his, his plan is to become the supreme leader. Right. It, this to me, and I said this earlier, like, Hux was com- made a complete buffoon in Last Jedi. And I feel like this makes that movie better because now we know that he was undermining Kylo at every turn. No, huh. it. That, 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 to yeah. me, it's it's yeah. It seems more like he's a spy now because of all the shit that went down in Last Jedi. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's like, hey, like, he's the Last yeah, Jedi. He he's a buffoon in Last Jedi, so we can't get anyone to take oh. him seriously. So we now need to introduce this whole other character that people can take seriously, which is the Richard and e. also, yeah. you know, the the moment that you now realize the the jig is up and you get out of dodge and you go and 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 you know go to the other <laughs> side is the moment that you saved all the good guys and you know that's not that's not a shoot me in the arm i'll be fine everybody will believe me moment that's uh that's the time when it's like oh, oh i served my purpose as the spy i'm out of here he's not very smart yeah you know? Hugs is not very smart <laughs> yeah yeah I, I guess i guess that explains it um there is a really nice moment with uh, you know that's another thing that this movie really pissed me off with, with doing is it there's all these like things that pull on the heartstrings and then literally Minutes later is undone. So, for instance, yeah. um, for C- instance C-3PO. Leia and then yeah, yeah. So Chewie dies to, to come back into the ship and is alive. So, no, so that, Chewie, that was an incredibly powerful. Hold on, moment yeah, of, hold on, hold on. No, I'm setting. Just, let me set it up. Let me set it up. Okay, and I want to hear you guys comment on it. But like, yeah. no, he's saying the Leia moment from Last yeah. Jedi. Oh, I see. I see. Um, yeah, saying, I, I, I'm saying Last Jedi did the same thing. It did the same thing with, uh, you know. Ray and Kylo deciding to team up together, and then oh, they are teamed up together. Like I feel like JJ's p- like playing in that same playbook. What? What? Did, when did they decide to team up together? In last show, in in the throne room, 
they team up together against the Praetorian it was, Guard. It was a team up fight. Oh yeah, 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 yeah for sure, for sure. Um, but I, I guess they were both in a pretty challenging situation in that moment. Um, in any case, I think in this movie, right, there's a Chewie dying, right, which I actually thought is super interesting. The idea that like Ray, oh, yeah, is out, like not in control of her powers, right? If this and then, movie had channeling, cur- channeling Sith powers, basically, right? Yeah, I don't yeah. know. It's and if this great. movie had had the courage of its convictions to follow through on that, what a powerful thing. To yeah. do yeah. to our main character is have her kill one of the most beloved Star Wars characters of all time. I was like, but holy course, no. shit, like ballsy move to like have Ray yeah. kill. Che- like people are going to be talking about Ray Ke- killing Chewie for like decades. Is was my initial <laughs> thought, and then no, like that's exactly no. what that character needs. Yeah. Next scene, next scene, he's perfectly fine. Um, also, uh, the the Force Lightning moment seems like a setup to something that never pays off. Also. Well, I you mean, know, she she is Palpatine's granddaughter, so yeah, no, I get that, yeah. but it also I feel feels like, that's like the setup. Yeah, yeah, but she never uses that again. When I don't know, I felt like the, that at was the end, she's channeling lightning, like she's channeling force lightning with two lightsabers, and that destroys Palpatine's blocking. So my anyway. my mind is like yeah. spinning in all these directions when Ray quote unquote kills Chewie. I'm like, yeah. oh my god, yeah. what is what is and where wait, is wait, the wait, that moment where she's using the force to like drag down a spaceship that's leaving the environment. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And then Kylo awesome. does a force uh, tug of war. Yeah, that's pretty bad. We got a great widescreen shot with both of them, like extremely wide. So yeah. good. So I, I really like that. And then uh, my mind is spinning. I'm like, is this is this going to be the main focus of the movie? Is like Ray getting control? Is that going to be her arc of? The, oh nope, the movie doesn't really have a sense of what it wants to be. Um, and then the other moment is like when C-3PO, this is in the trailer, right? C-3PO is like, I'm just taking one last look at my friends. And you're like, oh, man, what a, what a heartwarming moment. Then like literally 20 minutes later, R2-D2 is like, oh, here's all your memories back. You know, like completely undoing this big sacrifice that C-3PO has made. Uh, right. I just I, I just feel like the movie, like I was already pretty bitter about the Chewie thing. I was like, Chewie shows up. I'm like, how dare you, movie? How dare you make me feel like Chewie was dead? Um, anyway, so no, I agree with you. I agree with you on both points. And the, the C3PO thing, I, I'm not quite as upset about because it felt like just comedic comic relief for, for uh, a while, but it would have been more interesting if C3PO doesn't get his memories back. And really, we, there's no reason. You didn't to, need them. Yeah. You didn't need them. <laughs> I, 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 I 100% agree there. And, but I do want to say I love for a trilogy that has kind of like abandoned the, those two droids, like it's a, you know, kind of adopted BB 8. Um, I I love spending some time with C three PO in this film. Yeah, he, he and, was but the only funny. reason yeah. the only it, reason R two doesn't come along is because we need him at the foot of the bed when Leia dies. That's yeah. the only reason that R two isn't yeah. coming. Yeah, but I I love uh C three PO is hilarious, and I love uh how he's reset by Babu Frick, and then later on in the you know the fight scene he sees him and he's like Babu Frick, my my oldest friend. Yeah, there's a lot of great C three PO lines. That my favorite is um. Uh, you didn't say my name, but I'm fine. He's like, I guess, I guess we've lost the dagger forever. It can only live in my memory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought that was like kind of delightful. I mean, it, as well. it's clever that he's forbidden to to uh, translate Sith. I thought that was a clever yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. solution to a problem. Uh, but that whole dagger thing also feels like you know. So Luke has been searching for this dagger. Yeah. For How years. many plot mechanisms do we and need then, in this movie? Yeah, yeah. And then they fall on top of it. Well, you know, oh, Jeff, 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 you're not even talking about the best part of the dagger, which yeah. is that the way the dagger is useful is that you <laughs> need to stand at an extremely specific spot on this planet and line up <laughs> the dagger's indentation 
with how the Death Star wreckage has been yeah. like you know entered into like like how it in water lay upon in the water, which as in we water. know. Water it's, never it's moves. It's the Goonies. <laughs> water yeah. never moves. We all know water also, never moves. So you got to get the dagger to get the waypoint to figure out to get to the planet. It's like at, we we could have lost some of this. Yeah, we, we it and then felt at the very end, it video really game matter. fetch quest like. Right. Yeah. It felt very yeah. like you got to get this, then you got to go to this. Um, you know, speaking of ways that this movie jettisons Last Jedi stuff. Uh, I guess I'm curious what you guys think of the romantic elements of Star Wars. I mean, Star Wars has generally been pretty sexless, but um, I, I'm curious what you guys think of the romantic elements because it, you know, one of the flaws I would say with Last Jedi is I felt like the Rose Finn romance subplot was pretty poorly set up. Uh, and then, like, when she kisses him, you know, at the, the Battle of Crete, I, like, that came out of nowhere for me. Um, but I would like to see uh, more of that, honestly. But, but then, yeah. like, then, yeah. like, this movie just completely jettisons the Rose Tico character in favor of a whole other character, uh, Jana, I think, played by Naomi Aki. Is that right? Um, and it's I'm just, my, the whole time I'm wondering, like, wait, is what happened with the Finn and Rose storyline? And also, what was Finn gonna say to uh, Ray have, before well, they sank into the thing? That? Yeah, uh, I yeah. like that because I, that is a setup. I. He, you know, they're dying in that quicksand and he's like, I never got to tell you whatever. And it's like that one of those big, awesome, it's what JJ does, right? Like, it's like, wait, what is that? And like, you're wondering for the rest of the movie. And I think with the payoff for this, never get it. (laughs) No, no, it it is there. I think it's just not as clearly spelled out is it it is the extension of broom boy. Finn has, uh, believes in the force now. And, Mm. you know, he isn't a force user that can you know, move, move objects or teleport sure. or you know, whatever, but he, he has feelings and he was going to tell her that oh. and it wasn't like, we were meant to believe that he's, it's a romantic thing, but it was really about the force. Fair enough. Yeah. He does use force powers. Uh, a oh, couple he's, times. he's just like, I got a feeling. He's like, I got a feeling. I feel yeah. it. I feel it. L- like a black eyed Peace song. Or, <laughs> no, it Boy, that is, else. Yeah. That is you doing a lot of work. <laughs> Come on, Peter. I, I don't on. think so. I've seen so twice. credit on this movie. Okay, do you, do you, yeah. I, I, I will say after seeing it the first time, I was unclear. After seeing it the second time, I think that's, I'm 98% sure that's it. <laughs> those are some, those are some straws that you are grasping, but I appreciate it. I think it's a, I think it's a cool interpretation. It, I just don't think it's in the text. But, but you've couple, seen it twice, and I've only seen it once. So, couple, couple of last things I wanna I wanna mention. One is that when they took out, like the goal was to do a ground invasion of that navigation tower at the end, which like I don't know why you couldn't just shoot the navigation tower. Yeah, I was, it's right I was, there. I was gonna make a, a joke about like, hey, looking forward to uh, you know Rogue Two, the movie about why they made this entire fleet vulnerable by this navigation tower. Yeah. Um Anyway. I guess, but I'll, I guess I hey, before we get away from the the romance thing, oh yeah, sure. Man, I did not like the kiss. I didn't like the kiss between Kylo and Ray. Uh, it just it felt. Okay, first of all, it's, I mean, I guess we're trying to do a Romeo and Juliet thing where, yeah, he, he dies like right him. after. Yeah, yeah, yeah but it, it just felt like. But I also don't think it's entirely like that kind of love i like i think it's also compassion that like he realized she realizes that he is sacrificing his life for her and it's but a moment it of i just don't think it should be a kiss on the lips though you know what i mean like that a lip <laughs> kiss is like romantic you know listen guys there was some hot 
shirtless force time action <laughs> in Last Jedi. We gotta we gotta see this through. Anyway, we Jeff, go, Jeff, like, you have you have anything yeah. else to say about that? I just it it really didn't land for me. It felt like oh, by the way, I have feelings for you, and I'm dead. It was yeah. it it yeah. was a weird tacked yeah. on emotional beat that just felt like out of the blue and and then wasn't paid off and I, and even I wish his, it lasted a little like I wish they had built up something around that more. That's they just the movie tries to do so much. I think is what so the much. overwhelming feeling you are probably getting is it just yeah. tries to do so much. But so much here's the thing: I will say I will say one thing. I really Jeff, did you finish? I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, that's fine. Go ahead. Yeah. You will say the one thing. That I really appreciated that this movie acknowledged is in The Last Jedi, uh, Admiral Holdo, played by Laura Dern, <laughs> does this thing that has <laughs> since become known as the Holdo Maneuver, where she took her ship into light speed into the Imperial, like the First Order ships. And of course, there a lot of questions arose after that happened. Like, why aren't people doing this all the time, like nonstop? We'll, you know, we'll get a we'll get a Hobbit to ask the question. We'll get a Hobbit. To, so the question is, that's like, <laughs> oh man, we got to do a bunch more Holdo maneuvers, and it's just dismissed with a, a single offhanded line, like, oh well, that was one in a million. Like, huh? Well, thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I'm going to be thinking about that for the next three years. Like, why? Why? Why was the Holdo maneuver one? In, like, was it because of her skill, or like, why? Why was that one in a million? And you know, you can't. It, it, it doesn't matter why it's one in a million. But now that we know it's one in a million, it doesn't make it this like gigantic hole. In right? Because because then the they can't like just take their X wings and like fly it into these. Yeah. These stars it was also stars, a right? suicide maneuver, so. Probably not the best tactic in general, right? But I, I mean, I, th- I would think you could go kamikaze on these things if they have planet-killing <laughs> guns now. Apparently, which they all do. Yeah, which Funny. every single one does. Okay, okay. Um, Pretty scary. Pretty scary stuff. I, before we wrap up, by the way, I want to say like once. Uh, I, I love Kylo's approach towards the end. Like once he turns good, he goes there with the his sweater with the hole in it. Um, <laughs> I like as he as he enters and the knights of ren appear and he gets the lightsaber I, there's this just really nice like shrug like guess we're gonna do this now and yeah, that was it's, awesome. it's little bits like that it's well just that's like, the thing that's that was so good. baffling yeah. to me not not adam driver he's great obviously but yeah, like yeah, yeah. the knights of ren appeared in the force awakens uh <laughs> they basically <laughs> no, they are... mentioned them. no i think you i think you see them in the Force Awakens. We'll see them in the flashback in the Force Awakens. Okay. They are completely absent, as far as I can tell, from The Last Jedi, despite The Last Jedi featuring at least three, no fewer than three flashbacks to that time period. Right. So, like, but uh, you never see the the Knights of Ren in The Last Jedi, as far as I remember. And then they're back again in this movie. Why bring them back only to kill them in such an unceremonious way. That's what I Yeah, don't they do get. nothing cool. They yeah. do zero things cool. Yeah. Yeah. They look cool, but they do zero things cool. And then he turns on them and kills them. They are a, it's a, just a complete so baffling. It's so wandered. Yeah. yeah. But you know what's this, even worse? Go ahead. Go ahead, Peter. I was going to say, this is one of my biggest complaints about this movie and Star Wars as a whole, is every time there's a Star Wars movie come, comes out, they're like, oh, there's going to be Sith troopers in this one. Or there's going to be <laughs> Praetorian guards in this one. Or there's going to be the Benedict Wren. And you think they're going to be this big part, but they're just like this these nameless goons that have no, like, it, and, you know, since they were mentioned in Force Awakens, or even, like, I guess, shown in that flashback, Fans have been wondering, you know, who are they? Yeah. Like, you know, where did they come from? Are they part of like, you know, 
you know, how did Kylo meet that? Like all, like all these questions. And I feel like this is the one question that JJ didn't answer. And I'm kind of pissed off. By it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there's, there's uh, two, two other things I want to bring up that I am really bugged by. The first is, uh, our new droid Dio, which, Oh yeah. Why the fuck is it even in this movie? <laughs> uh, it is so tacked on and given such short shrift. And then also, uh, astromech droids can talk English now, I guess. <laughs> why, why haven't what? they been able? You know, why haven't they been able to just do that? Why? Why wouldn't we all? C three PO talks English. He's not an astromech, dude. It's <laughs> a very specific complaint now, Jeff. He's not. Yeah. You're all really pushing up your nerd glasses. All the droids speak <laughs> droid, and and he's a freaking C three PO is a translator robot. He's a translator. That's his job is to speak all the languages. Dro- droids speak droid until this one, which just <laughs> has. Leave you know. the poor abused droid alone, Jeff. He's he's yeah. been through a lot. Dro- droids okay. in the Star Wars universe are designed to feel pain, so let's not make fun yeah. of this one. But okay, that's one of your problems. What's yeah. the other one? Useless, yeah. completely yeah. useless. He's there to sell toys, just like the yes. troopers were there to sell toys. But I will I will mention they they did get a little piece of information off him in the end that helped them find Ray. But whatever, it wasn't that big. It's yeah. so tactical. They needed a new BB-8, basically. Like he he's actually a physical prop. I believe so. Like he is based on the same like Sphero tech, the BB-8, right? So uh, it's cool. It's a cool thing. The other thing that really bugged me that I, it bugged me because I liked it, and then I when I liked it, it bugged me, and that is uh, <laughs> handing Chewie his medal for no fucking reason at all. <laughs> Remember this? It, yeah. it, it is it is the most pandering, uh, fan servicey thing that made me get a little emotional. And, and then I hated myself because I did, because <laughs> there's no reason why that should have happened. There's no reason why Maz Kanata would have done that. What? What, what is she, who does she? What? Who cares? Uh, it, it is. I was waiting fa- for her to lean in for that kiss, by the way. I thought he was her boyfriend. Come on. I mean, she's got the best name in Star Wars. Let's be honest. She, does. Oh, well, she looks great in this movie. She's an animatronic puppet for once. Like, into oh, the, really? uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I, I didn't even I know. know. Yeah, there was yeah. a little more texture to her. Yeah, huh. that's nice. Cool. But I think that that one thing is just a perfect microcosm yeah. of yeah. W- the things that sort of great in this movie. Uh, they feel great and then they great. It's it, it, <laughs> I'm just so conflicted by so many of the things that are like fan servicey and satisfying on a fan service level. And then I go, but that's it's just living in the past. It's just completely indulging in all of the things that just bog down this series and don't let it go forward. All the things that bug the shit out of me about Star Wars, stuff like like in Mandalorian. I'm mm-hmm. going to go on a rant here, so bear with me. Go for in it. Man- go for in it. Mandalorian, <laughs> we, get on, we get on this ship and it's like all these other characters stuck in carbonite. What the fuck is that, dude? Carbonite <laughs> was like an improvisation that they did on Cloud City because they had no other way. Like that was a thing that Cloud City could do. It's not the thing that Mandalorian b- bounty hunters do all the time. They don't put people in Carbonite. They were figuring out a way to hold Han until they could get him to Jabba's palace. And then Jabba saw that and was like, oh, I'll use that as my decoration. It wasn't like a thing. And that's what fucking happens with Star Wars all the time is this yeah. stuff. They don't even understand the stuff that they do. You know, it's 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 uncle Owen and aunt Beru in Jedi outfits because they weren't Jedi outfits. It was that people on Tatooine war. And that's why 
Obi-Wan was wearing it because he was in disguise on Tatooine. He wasn't wearing Jedi robes, but no, those are Jedi robes because we're dumb. And Well, to be <laughs> fair, like George Lucas kind of made that decision. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yes, he did. It's a stupid decision. So I think what you're saying he is was you get Star Wars more than George Lucas, right, is what you're saying. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, oh, you know what I'm thinking of, Jeff, actually, when you say that is that whole speech is the um, – when Ray is Jedi cha- training uh, on that planet, first of all, it looks freaking badass. Yeah, but at one cool. point, she is wearing like a blast shield, like on her on the helmet. Yeah, and it's like again. why? Why would she like again? That was like I always An interpreted it. To be- it was it was lying there in the and, and Obi Wan was like, hey, well, let's just yeah, use let's this use the and blast we'll shield. Like not like this is the standard thing that Jedi uh, used to train with. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah but me- over and over and over with this series. It yeah. bugs but me, this yeah. one, I feel like you could reason yourself because like maybe that's been passed down from Luke to Leia. <laughs> why, why would anyone should, pass along think... a useless helmet though? Anyway, uh, no, but the training the remote, like maybe <laughs> when he was training her. Do you know what I mean? Like I feel like that could be explained. Fair uh, enough. But can I mention a couple things that made me happy? Uh, yeah. Witch and Tilly's back in action. By the way, Incredible. that was the one thing that prompted applause in our audience was showing Wedge and Tilly's again. Yeah, it was a pretty wild yeah. thing to see him there. Yeah, very cool. It. Very cool, yeah. Uh, uh, the uh, Thousand Generations live in you now, but this is your fight. Uh, Ray is laying on the ground looking up at the Star Destroyers in air. There's strobing going on. It's like one of the uh, my favorite shots of this movie, and she looks up at the stars and she hears all the voices of all the Jedi. And this has Jedi that I didn't even know existed. Deep and, like, cut fucking, Jedi. In this yeah. There, I mean, there's not only the live action, not only the animated, but some of the, like the prequel Jedi that I didn't even recognize their names. And I'm yeah. a star Wars. Really? You, you might've heard like Samuel L. Jackson in there. Yep. Uh, as yep. Mace Windu. Also Freddie Prince jr. In the mix as well. Yeah. Um, Ahsoka so, was there. Some, yeah. some ad, ad, I something. I don't know. Yeah. I saw that nice. in the credits. Uh, the, the ending celebration, which to me feels like, you know, return of the Jedi just made me so happy. Uh, I love, uh, <laughs> seeing the shot of, uh, Warwick Davis, uh, reprising his role as wicked, the Ewok alongside his son, which is actually Warwick's son playing his son, Aww. uh, looking at, oh, yeah, it's such, nice. such a sweet thing. Cute. Um, and, uh, I did want to mention that, uh, a couple progressive things here that might not have been noticed, but at that celebration, there is a lesbian kiss from, um, mm-hmm. yeah. the second in command of, uh, the of Holdo. Uh, I don't know the actress's name. And there is also, um, two stormtroopers in this movie that are, have a female voice, which I'm not sure we've oh, heard yeah. before yeah yeah, yeah so yeah mm-hmm. uh, also yeah. another nice thing we quickly see leia in training mode when she was young which uh i, I would have liked to see a little more of that but and then, and then like she has a lightsaber that then it gets confusing because then she has a lightsaber and luke has a lightsaber and then at the end ray has her own yellow lightsaber i guess yeah did i don't they know ever what introdu- when did they introduce the leia lightsaber did that ever happen in the no that's did this that this movie they introduced it in 30 seconds yeah uh, yeah, yeah. It feels a, like a deep, deep book or comic yeah, book. Canon yeah, I'm thing. just like, yeah. Uh, uh, th- uh, that was what I was saying. I was, I was like, did I miss the scene where Leia got the lightsaber in the earlier film? You know, like that's what was my yep. reaction. But dude, Ray's lightsaber, like the details of the like the little hooks on the end, right at the the point where the the energy is coming out of it, are mm-hmm. they're so rad looking. Yeah. Did she yeah. did she make that? Because that would that yeah. also would have been a nice character beat yeah. of her finally going and making her own thing. It, so, it, it looks like her staff in a, in a way. Yeah, and yeah. the thing I love is that she doesn't take, you know, Luke or Anakin or, or Leia's saber as her own. She creates her own thing. Just she like their she's name, creating, 
She does take your name. Yeah. yeah. But so I, I think I they are, for all intents and purposes, like they have been more parents than, to her than anybody else has in this galaxy. So I, I feel sure. that's fair. Yeah. So let's actually talk about that last moment as a way of, of wrapping up here. I mean, I, I, obviously, this movie has inspired a lot of passion. Uh, on the voices <laughs> on the slash homecast, uh, Peter, I, I I don't want to cut you off. Any other moments you want to bring up before we get to this end? I, I want to talk about just literally the very last scene of the movie. Um, any anything else you want to mention though, Peter? No, no, you, you can I, go on. Let me let me say one thing about the lesbian kiss though, which is just that like, I'll just say as somebody who grew up in a pretty conservative household that like, uh. What I've seen when you see like, oh hey, there's a gay character in Avengers Endgame at the uh, yep, yep. at the support group, and now you see like a lesbian kiss here, like, and I've seen like people criticize those things as only like lip service, uh, you know, haha, or uh, like the the barest of references to uh, characters uh, that are like quite diverse. Um, but I'll just say, as someone who grew up like in a, in a conservative household, like it actually makes me really happy to see this stuff in here because. Uh, you know, it would have it would have made a difference to me to see that stuff like normalized in movies mm-hmm. like this when I was young, um, and and to understand kind of like uh, how this kind of this form of like this vision of progressive society is acceptable. You know, to because I think like yeah. it's basically Disney like kind of slipping it in there and like saying like hey like if you're if you want to enjoy the star war uh you also have to have a nice dose of our progressive values and i admire that well, so. uh, do you think you'd get a better dose if they were actually fully realized characters who had <laughs> it's true stuff? it's like, true you probably would have hey, had a better message we're, we're, we're making <laughs> steps we're making steps forward yeah i yeah i no, understand no, the criticism it's, because it's, a fair it's point. like it's I, a fair point yeah yeah I don't think these companies deserve too much credit for just throwing it in there for half a second. Like, it's cool that it's there, but it's 2019. We could do a lot more, you know. And fair, fair point. Are, I'm, like, nor, I'm not saying they they, yeah. they should stop doing more things, but I I guess I'm just saying yeah. that, like, for me personally, it would have made a difference if I was like, like, sure. I feel like the audience for that is not people who think, you know, gay marriage is okay. Like, that's my Which is, sense, right? Is that... They're they're sure. they're trying to say to like people who wouldn't otherwise think that that it is okay, and I'm saying like as somebody who grew up in uh, a church environment where gay marriage was definitely not okay, uh, it would have actually been really like it would have been impactful to see something like that. So uh, that's just me personally. Whether or not they're doing enough or whatever, like I mean, people can have their own opinions on that. I'm not saying they're doing enough or or, or not. Um, I'm just giving my own personal reflection on that. Okay. Last as to that last. Last yeah. moment. Yeah, last moment. Um, yeah. It's another example of like pulling at my heartstrings and my nostalgia, but also it felt pandering and weird. Like, why would she go back to Tatooine in that spot? And I, and like, I'm like, oh my God, here we are, here we are. And that last shot is so poignant. And, but also, you know, why would she do that? It, it, and it, it doesn't feel earned. It, 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 and the, the Skywalker thing again, feels like a middle finger to the last movie. Like the last thing we, we end on is, yeah, I'm a Skywalker fuckers. And the, it, it's JJ having his case. I that as an FU. Well, I did. Yeah, I, I, I could see even the last red eye being like, okay, you come from nobody, but you, that doesn't mean you'll always like, you have no family. You know, I could see that fitting in thematically. It's, it's having your cake and eating it too. She's a nobody, but she's also a Palpatine, but she's also a Skywalker. She's everything. 
Whatever you want her to be, she is. Don't worry about it. It's all good. We did everything. It's all. And I, and there's a part of me that admires that and goes, wow, you kind of pulled off the all things to all people at all times thing. You kind of kind of got to admire that and go, you know, tip your hat. But at the same time, it's just like it, it feels so uh, spineless. It's like, yeah, no, it's cool. Whatever you want it to be, it's fine. It's all that she's all of it. She's all of it. I don't know. I think that's like dismissive. I think she clearly says that she's not a Palpatine, even though she was born into that. And she's clearly making her own path. Like, I feel like that's what for me, this trilogy, like th- this film makes this trilogy is because Ray's arc is so fully realized of like her finding out who she is and accepting that she doesn't want to be that in, in choosing her own path. I, I think, Jeff, my my sense is that that ending would have worked a lot better if the relationship between Ray and Princess Leia had been better developed in this this you know movie. Or I I mean I I guess you could come away from the last film thinking like oh um, Luke thinks of Ray as family, but uh, you know that's certainly not the impression I got. Like I I never got it. Like oh yeah, she's like a father figure. To her. You know I it was more like. This is like teacher and student relationship to me. And so yeah. when she like absorbs their name at the end, I'm not like, oh, what a heartwarming story about like adoption and how like you're not. It's really who raised you. That's your mother and father. It's not who your blood is that I think that's what the movie was trying to do. But it did right, not right. land for me, you know, mm. so that's. You know, maybe I'm misinterpreting what the movie is trying to do, but like that's what it felt like. And it, it did not land for me. So. I, I kind of agree with Jeff, but I, at least I don't know, Jeff. I mean, I think I, I at least understand that the movie is trying to to go for something profound there. Yeah. Oh, it's not everything is a slide against Last Jedi. Like I no, love Last Jedi guys, to, but it, come it on. wants to be it wants to be profound for sure. But it also is giving people exactly the thing they wanted. It, it, right. it's, it's but I don't think saying, it's doing I'm, that for that. It's doing I, that because this is the Skywalker saga and this is the end of the Skywalker. Like, it feels like that's the fitting end. If you're going to end the Skywalker saga, you can't end it with Kylo dead and all the Skywalkers. You need to have some kind of well, the thing is, Skywalker. Yeah. Well, I was hoping that we, I, I think I mentioned this to you before we, Peter and I sat next to each other at my screening. And I, before the movie, I mentioned to you what I was hoping would happen is that. Skywalker would become the new moniker for Jedi. Like all the Jedi's are dead, but now I, I'm a Skywalker. You're a Skywalker. Broom Boy is a Skywalker. That's the that's the new title for someone that uses the Force. Is a, I'm a Skywalker, and that's Rise of Skywalker. Is it, and and I think that would have carried the themes of Last Jedi forward. Of it's not about what blood is in your veins. It's about what kind of person you are. And I find that theme to be so much more interesting yeah. and actually doesn't just rehash the first six movies. It actually takes the the ideas and pushes them forward into something that's much more universal, much much more evolved, and much more, quite honestly, inspiring to me. Like I, I'm not inspired by Ray's story at all. I'm in, I was inspired in Last Jedi of about this nobody that can be something special and the ending shot of Broom Boy going, yeah, we all have it in us. That's why I was weeping at the end of Last Jedi is that it's not about who your daddy is. It's not about who your grandpa is. It's about 
what kind of person you are and how, how you interact with the world. And I find that so much more inspiring, a storyline, a, a theme. And this movie could have done that. Like they could have still made the Skywalker story a metaphor for that. It could have been like, oh, you know, Luke Skywalker is dead, but what it meant to be a Sp- Skywalker is something we can all take inside us and carry forward. His name, forward. Is, his name is Robert Paulson is what, is yes, yes. <laughs> in this. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think you're right, Jeff, that uh, The Last Jedi really felt like it was trying to escape from the idea yes. that like you must be, you know, this bloodline to be significant. And this movie kind of fits with that, but it's st- b- b- but because of the last scene, it feels like it stays squarely under the kind of shadow of the Skywalker. Like, like Ray's legacy is is squarely in the shadow of the Skywalker's legacy. Yeah, is the what, next is movie what is Shadow of the was. Skywalker. By the way, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. So, yeah, I agree with you. But um, you know, people have mm-hmm. different interpretations, as I hope this this podcast reveals. So, gents, we've been talking for two hours. I think we could talk for another two hours, but we should probably. Wait, they, they, yeah. I thought of one last thing I wanted to say. Yes, about, you, you uh, can have Ray the last word, ha- Peter. Uh, this isn't about the ending, but the, just how this like bookends this trilogy. I I love that um we get to see Ray using her scavenging skills that we saw her on like the Star Destroyer on Jakku yeah, when she's like climbing. Moment. Lovely. Yeah, when she's yeah, climbing the Death Star, great. the sled moment at the end, and also what I, I just rewatched Force Awakens, like seeing her on Jakku outside her house, which was like this like you know used to be a an at at, and she's like wearing the X-Wing helmet and imagining what it would be like to be part of a Star War. And then finally seeing her in the Star War with the X-Wing helmet in Luke's X-Wing, living her dream. Yeah. I don't know, to me, that meant something to me. That's a nice so. moment. And you also see, like, one of the most striking visuals of The Force Awakens was that Star Destroyer wrecked on the on uh, Jakku, mm-hmm. right? And you also yeah. see that Star Destroyer again while another Star Destroyer <laughs> crashes down <laughs> upon it. Uh, yeah, was that the implication at the end? Was like some of these destroyers had already made it out to all the other planets, right? Is that? I guess because because you guess see so. like oh, oh yeah. the Ewok yeah. planet, the Star Endor, yeah. the Star Destroyers are going to. It's like I thought they yeah. were all localized in Exical. Anyway, yeah. whatever. I, I will say the, the <laughs> most cringeworthy line in the entire movie is like right when they've started to take down uh, that whole the zombie fleet. Uh, there's like a line that's like. People have started rising up around the galaxy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah. uh, you like, know, isn't I will that too say. Soon? <laughs> I, I will say one other random thing was like, this is just like I'm, I'm giving you an insight into how David Chen's mind work is like. There is this brilliant moment when these alien horses are riding onto the surface of a star destroyer. Like I thought yeah, that was cool. like pretty striking visual. I actually thought it was going to be those like horse-like things from Cantobite. You know what I mean? Like. They were gonna be there for some reason. I was like, "This is this is what's gonna justify that trip to Cantobite." Was <laughs> was like they're gonna be riding those creatures that they freed in the in, anyway. The um, years. But it was it was nonetheless an amazing visual to see like horses riding into a star destroyer. Like that's just it, there's incredible. like fourteen different cool ideas that yeah. are just not followed mm-hmm. up. The yeah. the whole like uh, former stormtrooper colony is it's like such a rad yeah, idea. Yeah. 
the 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 entire uh, festival of kites that we go to for 15 seconds for no reason. Like that's an amazing idea. That, that, that scene fall, alone looks a, like it costs like 20 million dollars just to do that, right? I know but, for what. <laughs> but they had a fantastic speeder bike chase that was like with those colorful explosions, oh. and it felt kind of like a throwback to the pod racing in episode one and the and the, they they have they can fly now that they can that fly was amazing. Now. Yeah. But again, something that wasn't followed up on, you know, like, I don't know. It, it's Well, they, it, they also uh, flew at the end, Jeff. They all f- flew at the end into the ship and stuff, you know? So I anyway, guess. in any case, uh, I, I am so curious to see what people are going to say about this movie. So yeah, I, I'm ready to just log <laughs> off and not pay attention to any of this discourse. Now. I yeah. liked the movie. I liked the movie sort of despite myself. I, I liked it. And I had a lot of fun with it. And that's what I've been telling people. Like it, it's a lot of fun. It just bums me out how it's a referendum on the 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 Last Jedi. It just mm-hmm. it just feels mm-hmm. weird to me that that's this these movies are fighting with each other. Mm. But uh, I like the movie. It's a fun movie. I did not hate it like Dave. <laughs> I don't know if I hate it. I just thought it was very bad. So, um, but in any case, wow. I think that's an important bring us... distinction. <laughs> very fun. Yeah, important distinction to make. Uh, I have a feeling this is not the last time we're going to be talking about this movie. But um, in any case, for now, we're done. You can find more episodes of the Slash Filmcast at SlashFilmcast.com. Email us at SlashFilmcast at gmail.com. Our theme song comes from AdamWarrock.com. Our spoiler bumper comes from filmmaker Kyle Hillinger. This episode was edited by Beatty Zhang. Until next week, gentlemen. Peter Serretta, thanks so much for joining us, man. This is a lot of fun. Hope you didn't feel too ganged up on the episode. <laughs> I, I hope I didn't take up too much of the time, but I feel like no. there needed to be like another side to the thing. If anything, um, not enough time was taken up by by your your position, yeah. I think. Um, um, but where can but people you like, find your work, Peter? Yeah, you can find uh, me at slashfilm.com. You can find me on Twitter at Peter Serretta. And I run this YouTube channel, Ordinary Adventures, alongside my girlfriend, Kitra. We cover a lot of things, including theme parks and Star Wars. We went to the Star Wars, the Rise of Skywalker premiere earlier this week, and we did a vlog about that. So if you want to see that, uh, you can go to the channel. And that's I wonder why you were so positive on the film, Peter. Could it be that you got invited to the premiere? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> and by the way, speaking of, uh, not to, to make this any longer, but uh, speaking of not being able to judge what people's reactions are for this, we're recording this vlog. I'm leaving the the screening, and I'm recording it with my girlfriend, Ketra, and we're like seeing how great this is. And I'm like, I don't think anybody's going to hate this movie. This is like <laughs> such a great movie. And then literally we get, uh, and we, let, we leave that in the vlog. It's in there. And literally we get into the tent for the party and like, First person I see is like Jermaine Lucier, who used to write for Slash Film Now, writes for IO9, and he's like, This was horrible. It sucked. I was like, so I'm surprised anyways. that he felt that way. Knowing Jermaine, yeah. I'm very surprised, actually. So I mean, just to say that that like not everybody that's invited <laughs> to premiere likes the movie, but and also I obviously can't judge if people are gonna like the movie or not. So I was DMing with a number of critics tonight before we uh started recording, and the, like several of us in mourning. In mourning because of of how we felt about this film, so I think there's, I'm again very curious to see what the reaction is going to be. Jeff Kanata, where can people find more of your work? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Kanata, which is spelled with two N's and one T. Uh, I do a video game podcast called DLC. You can find that at five by five TV slash DLC, and I do a live play Dungeons and Dragons show. Uh, if you talk about long form epic storytelling i'm trying my own so if you hear me criticize other people and you want to see what i do give it a shot it's called the dungeon run 
It's uh, on YouTube. You can search for The Dungeon Run there. Uh, you can also find us as a podcast, an audio podcast, by searching for The Dungeon Run where you get podcasts. Or you can watch live as we record Wednesday nights at 6 p.m. Pacific time at caffeine.tv slash The Dungeon Run. How about you, Devendra? Oh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Devendra, and I write about tech at Engadget.com, and check out the Engadget podcast, which I'm co-hosting right now. Just a special thanks to Devendra for staying up tonight, because it is... It is 2 a.m. 2, 10 a.m. where he is yep. right now. So thanks to Devendra. He is working hard to bring you this review on opening day of Rise of Skywalker. You can find my stuff at culturallyrelevantshow.com. I do a show where I interview cool people. Check it out on Apple Podcasts. Culturally Relevant is the name of the show. And next week, we'll be doing our top 10 movies of 2019. Thanks for listening. We'll see you later.